Hey, what's happening, party people? Hey, just wanted to let you know uh, what's been going on here for a second. We had some technical issues, and one of the promises I made you, the listeners, prior to anything happening with this podcast was that we'd never edit it. And I wanted to edit some of the mistakes out, and it just made it look like we were trying to hide a part of a conversation. And Jasmine is an amazing, amazing guest, uh, an awesome stand-up comedian, has some great insights on life and everything else. So the glitches are technology glitches and mistakes that I made. And in making those mistakes, well, you know what? I mean, hey, it happens. New computer, new issues. You'll hear me say, oh, new computer kind of fucked up. But please understand, not going to edit this. We're going to leave the warts and all in there. So enjoy the podcast and uh, get ready to laugh and learn some stuff. She was an amazing guest. All right, enjoy. Bam! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Talking During Movies, the program where we take key quotes, quotes and moments from a film to create a two-hour conversation. This Talking During Movies is brought to you by parking. Parking in Austin is hard and difficult and kind of a pain in the ass. So we have for you parking. What does parking do? Nothing. It's just a place for you to bitch. It's like Yelp for parking. You get to highlight your favorite spots where you can't park and places you would like to park and why you can't park there and the shitty parking of parking that parking parking parks. So thank you, Parking, for sponsoring Talking During Movies. With us today, I, I mean, I just, I read this. I don't know if it's true. The queen of comedy. <laughs> Who said that? I, I don't know. Me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Touring comic lives in Austin, Texas. Uh-huh. Just got back for you were traveling, right? Maybe something. I'm literally like, wait, wait, got back from where, when, what was the last yeah. thing? I, 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 I was at a Big Pine Comedy Festival in Flagstaff. Big Pine Comedy Festival. Yeah. Uh, you, um, you're, you're back in town. You, you drive down from Round Rock. We greatly appreciate it. Jasmine, how are you? Good, I'm good. Give people real quick before we get into uh, Bridesmaids and all this fun stuff, the movie that you chose. <laughs> where can people find you? What's yeah. going on? Give them all, the, give them all the, the, the details. Yeah, yeah. Well, I host a monthly comedy show at the Fallout Theater in Austin. It's right off of, what is it, like 7th in Guadalupe? Um, I don't know. It's like down here. Um, so Lavaca. It's, like so it's, it's on Lavaca. There you go. Um, I, it's like when you live northish, you just like, you're like, I don't know. It's in the downtown. But if you look up Fallout Theater. where the theater, tall buildings are? yeah. Not the short I don't know. I never get directions, honestly. I'm just like, Google it. Like, there's no reason to ever need directions. But yeah, so I host a show um, in 
Uh, it's called Bin Living Color, and it's stand, it's stand up and storytelling, specifically um, featuring performers of color. So I'm really excited about that. That's something okay. I do once a month. It rotates days. So if you follow me on Jasmine Ellis Comedy on Instagram, on Twitter at Jasmine C. Ellis, or on Facebook at Jasmine Ellis Comedy, uh, or if you just visit my website, jasmineellescomedy.com, you can find out whenever I have shows going on. So that's something I host. And then I'm just all over the place, all over the road, doing different cities, different towns. So just performing as much as I can. What's that? Uh, what's that road spirit like? I mean, you're you know, it's you know, it's like you have an entourage. It's not like you know. It, no. Well, you see that it's like musicians are like, oh, it's just crazy. I'm like, you've got a bass player. You've got you've got your percussion. If you're Hugh Lewis in the news, you got the Tower of Power. You've got all the horns. You're a comic. You're just you're kind of on your own. Yeah. Uh, my husband sometimes comes on the road with me. That's a okay. recent development, though. So it's like, <laughs> it's well, and so I I do a lot of stuff by myself, though. And it's funny because I'm very like, I'm very a very social person. I'm very extroverted, but like, I like I'm learning to like being by myself. So it's cool. Okay. I like being in the hotel room and just watching the free cable and just. I don't know, just eating at three o'clock in the morning. I like it, but honestly, I just I love performing. So whatever it takes to get to where I want to get with performing and to get as many opportunities as possible. So sure, yeah, I'm not I'm not complaining. But I mean, the only thing is, I'm like I'm bad at packing light. I'm real bad at it because I just I don't fly a lot of Southwest. They're well, two bags free. You're like, yes, they oh are. Oh my gosh, no spirit. <laughs> I've been doing spirit a lot, and they're like real strict on like just the backpack or like the one. Oh, really? Like, is that a purse? It's only twenty five dollars. You want to bring your purse on? Yes. Bitch, how am I going to carry my stuff? Like, not my problem. Twenty five dollars. <laughs> and I just I don't know. Like I don't know. I know a lot of comedians don't give a shit what they look like. I do. I like to be put <laughs> together, and so I'm not going to perform it, the same thing I've been sweating in all day. I, I care what I smell like. Like, it matters yeah. to me. And you can't Burt Cry shirt and just go shirtless yeah. on stage, right? It's <laughs> like, hey, Burt, good luck. Oh, yeah. Love you. You're very that, funny, but... That is that shirtless guy. That is Netflix. that shirtless guy, yes. I feel so bad. I'm so, like, out of touch with, like, like... There's some comedians I keep up with, and there's some I don't know. And it's like, well, like who are the ones you keep up? With? Uh, it's not the broy shit. It's not like if you're like into broke, if you're into Rogan and stuff like that. I don't know anything else. Sure, okay. I know, I know that, and like nothing else on the umbrella. Who I do love, I love, I love Ali Wong. I love okay. Ada Rodriguez. Are we now? God damn it! New computer. Oh, everything okay? Did everything's fine. Me? Yes, everything's fine. We're good. Cool. So hold on. So we are. Real quick, sorry. Yes. Hard left turn, hard left turn, because the movie's playing. So we're doing Bridesmaids. You pick Bridesmaids. Yes. Uh, well, Why? Um, well, this is actually one of my favorites. It's I can't believe it's been out for over 10 years. I, to me, the performances are just so good. Maya Rudolph and Kristen Wiig are hilarious in this. By the way, they have this animated show I really like out now called okay. Bless the Hearts on Fox. It's really funny. Um, I just, like, the performances are amazing. The ensemble cast, this is, like, what made, um, God, why can I not think of her name? She's so funny, and she's in everything now. But this is before, like, we knew her from anything. Uh, with an M. Why can't I with think an of M. it? I don't know. Listen. I, you I, haven't I, seen I call, this? I, no, I've seen it, but I called Sam Elliott, Sam Donaldson, all through a podcast one, um, one Roadhouse. So, oh. not good with names. I'm not allowed to say names anymore. Uh, the na- Okay, you know what I'm talking about. So, her name starts with an M. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, wow. Bridesmaids cast. As soon as it pops in my head, I'm gonna. But anyways, this is a movie that made her huge. Um, we also got um, Rebel Wilson out of this. Yep. Like, 
I mean, it was just like a, a turning point in funny comedy. And what's funny too is this is around the time that a lot of like really bad news articles were like, "Are women funny?" And it was just like, <laughs> do you see how this movie is making so much did you, money? Did you see what I mean? Melissa McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy. She's awesome. Yes. She's, her husband is uh, hilarious as well mm-hmm. as the uh, air marshal, right? Yes. Yes. And the chemistry between them is like it's funny because you know they're actually like people who are in love with each other, but he plays disgusted by her very well, yes, which is does. very fun. Yes. Now, one, I, I saw two things leading up to this. And real quick, because you, you alluded on this, I just want to put a bow on this. I, don't, I can't listen to podcasts before I do this podcast uh-huh. because it influences the style and tone of the podcast. You might be an empath. Like, I'm like that, where like, I, if, if someone's upset, I'm upset. So I pick up, you know yeah. what I mean? So. And I, just, I run with it, and it's just like, what the fuck <laughs> am I doing? Hold on, that's not... Like, I listen back... And then I'm like, oh, shit, I listened to this. Mm-hmm. And it's just, and it, and it could be anything. I mean, I've brought up religion probably one too many times in this podcast because there'll be times I'm driving in the traffic and my buddy is a New York Times bestselling author and has this religious podcast and I'll be listening to it and I'll be rolling in here. And I'll be like, <laughs> hey, talk about God real quick. And okay. they're like, uh, no. And I'm like, no, I'm going to make fun of it. And they're like, I don't know. I don't want any part of making fun of it or not making fun of it. That is, it's it's one of those weird pillars that in a large group, you can make fun and do something. But in an intimate conversation, people feel like on the, on the pin with it. Right. It's like, oh, I'm held to this now. I'm like, you're not held to anything. Hmm. They're like, well, it exists on the internet. So I'm kind of held to it. And I can understand. Yeah. For a lot of people. I'm like, I think it's, this is where I love talking with comics because Nothing. you might be the, the one group that's left that gives zero fucks about what you're supposedly held to. Does that make sense? Yes. If I, you're not trying to be the next Trevor Noah. <laughs> yes. Or host the Grammys or the Emmys or the Oscars. I am. I'm trying to be all you're those try, things. Trying to be all those things. Um, <laughs> but no. Because then I think it's a shitty thing to hold people accountable for a thought or an idea or a comment made. And I get that. No, 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 no. I'm no. going to. But here's what pissed me off. Okay, yeah, please. Um, people should be held accountable. You should be responsible for the things you say. Now, here's what makes me annoyed is sometimes what I've, I've noticed with But should, be, should history be allowed to influence that? And what I mean by that is, is let's say 30 years ago. So I'm 45. So 30 years ago, right? I'm 15. I'm playing basketball. And there's not this technology around, but mm-hmm. there are lots of friends around. And I don't use this word now, and I rarely use the word back then, but playing basketball, someone tries to block my shot, I move, make the layup, bag. Now, at the time, historically, not a correct thing to say ever. Are you sorry now? I'm sorry now, yeah, I'm embarrassed Then that's what matters. I'm embarrassed I believe that people should be held accountable, but as long as you genuinely apologize, not one of those, uh, I'm sorry for whoever I offended, or whoever (laughs) took offense. No, if you're like, that I was ignorant at the time. I didn't understand what I was saying. Sure. I believe that was how people talked, but now I understand what that word means, and I'm sorry I said it. Yeah, how I hard mean, is that? Yeah, and, and, I, and I 100%, I, I think that's a perfect apology because it's not, I'm sorry I offended you, because that's not it. I'm sorry that I wasn't, I'm not, I'm not I was immature, and I'm sorry for my immaturity, and I realized that, you know what, better choices can be made. And hopefully being aware of that, when my daughter says things, 
I can make her more aware yes. of, of things to where it's like, this might seem like a cool thing to say or it's okay to say now, but trust me, 10 years down the road when you want to be president, it's not going to be. What's he doing? Sorry, there's like oh, there's someone being eaten by little zombie people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This? I'm uh, so sorry. That's I know, not so happening have... in Bridesmaids. I'm so no, no, sorry. No, 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 there's no, no, another no. TV over my there's, shoulder. There's also Mystery Science Theater, which is, this is, you know, I mean, come on. We got we got a zombie. Listen, this this bar is full of, and then we have um, we have an Owen Wilson film here going on. We got a lot of stuff surrounding us. This yes. is all about distractions. I'm so sorry. I have I have ADD. I'm, I'm so sorry. I was listening to you though, and I. But also sometimes I do think like there should be like almost a statue of limitations on dumb shit you say. Sure. Like I do feel like. No, don't hold me to this. No. <laughs> exactly. No. Wait, but maybe like when you're double the age, you said the thing. The thing doesn't matter. At 60, what you think at 30 should not be the same. At 15, what you think at 30 should not be the same. It shouldn't be. If it is, I think there's a bigger problem. Yeah. So I just, I feel like, like there's a just... a handy-capable problem. Oh, my, you know what I mean? There's so much... I remember I used to say shit like, uh, oh, God, I, I read this terrible, like, uh, fiction piece that I wrote, and it was just like... Like one of those things where I characterize this girl who liked to wear a lot of makeup and stuck up and full of herself. I am that bitch now. And like, <laughs> you know what I mean? But like I, you know, I had been conditioned to I am to that bitch now. I, I was conditioned to think that girls who cared about their appearances were shallow and bad. And like, it's like, you know, you can be two things at once. You know, you, you know what I mean? But I didn't know that at the time. I thought I had to fit into a specific mold. Or I, I used to use the expression ghetto. Because I didn't understand, like, the negative impact of that. Um, And, like, I still, like, I laugh at that meme of Rihanna where her stylist tries to show her, like, a jacket made out of watches. And she goes, that's the most ghetto shit I've ever seen in my life. That is funny to me. But, like. See, like, Cartman's funny to me. In the ghetto. Oh, no. (laughs) I mean, see, that's. And I. I, But it has a negative implication. It does. And it's usually very racially tied. And, like, it's... See, now, I would... I don't... Of course I, you don't want to see its racial size. You're white. And it's easy. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just... As a, as, a, as a poor kid born in a poor town in Montana and married to a white woman in a, in a poor area of Kentucky, I call that ghetto. Because I... When you're in a hauler and there's a single trailer with holes in the floor and there's animals coming in, you're like, patch it up so the snake doesn't get in. It's summertime. <laughs> Ain't no way like a rattlesnake. Summertime. But, and, right? and the same dumbasses that look at me and go, you can't drink beer. That's from the devil. It just shows how, how, how awful you are as a person. And then they're making moonshine. Like, government hasn't touched it. Fine. <laughs> That's how you know it's good. Government hands aren't on it with the taxes and their stuff. Just, you know, bathtub like, stuff. See, me, I look at that and I'm like, that's ghetto. And I don't mean ghetto as a city ghetto. I mean ghetto as, as I look at it and I go, this is a downtrodden, broken area that nobody, bless you, nobody wants to fix. And you can say impoverished, but mm-hmm. here's the thing is like word connotations are something you, you should account for. Sure. Sometimes you don't know the connotation of a word until you use it. And then yep. you're like, I shouldn't be using this. And like, so if like, if someone educates you and says, you know, this word makes people feel this way. Like, for example, if you're like going through like... <laughs> If you drive through the east side of Austin, you call that shit ghetto. If no, I hear oh. if I hear a white man say that, I'm going to be 
I'm going to feel offended because I'm going to think that you mean it in a racial way. Sure. You, you gave me a totally different background of how it can mean, but connotations mean things. Connotation, absolutely. And, and how like, perception defines reality. Absolutely, and it just I think we should just get to this point where people. I, I think we forgot how to do two things as a whole: the the left and the right. Everybody, the PC, the non-PC, the sensitive, the non-sensitive. Everybody forgot how to give an apology and how to accept an apology. Ooh. I feel like we we've, we've gotten too off the rails here, and like the the whole world needs couples counseling. We all need to sit down and figure out how to communicate and with each other. And not get offended, because we can disagree and still be friends. I have so many friends I vehemently disagree with, and I still love them to death. I'll give them a hug. We'll have an in-depth, deep conversation. Well, not get offended isn't fair, because you're allowed to, offense. Offense is like a knee-jerk thing. That's, I sh- like, I should that's say, like being allergic. Yeah, I, sh- I should say not, not offend, offended, probably the wrong word. Uh, I should not hey, hold, hold a grudge. It, hold it, hold yes. a grudge, yeah. Wear that baggage. Don't yes. wear the baggage, Because offense is just like the knee-jerk. When you hear something and you go... That made me feel that that brought this on. That <coughs> she just quit smoking, folks. Oh, she's she's a hey, uh, producer Matt. Could I have one more beer, please? Thank you so much, sir. And then, oh, she's gonna get a cold brew. So, folks, in case you're wondering, we are watching Bridesmaids. Uh, we're we're gonna get into the movie here in a minute, but this is this is fun. Um, what you guys? Oh my god aren't seeing here. Or you know when you get a booger in the back of your throat? Um, like, yeah. Sorry, that's what one of those that was, and it was like trying to choke me. I'm so booger sorry. Booger in the back of the throat. <laughs> okay, sorry. So now here's, the, I, I guess, the, the bigger question maybe, uh, how, in, the, in that environment where there's not, not a good, there's not a good apology, there's not a good acceptance of an apology, but maybe more importantly, um, there is, there's a lack of, of understanding when it comes to community. Like we just talked about ghetto, right? Now, I'm like, oh, I understand. Can you understand where I'm coming from? Yes. When I use the word in your life? And, and, then I, and then I get to take reflection and go, I can pick a different word. Yeah. Right? And, it, and it's fine for me to pick a different word. And I don't, I don't hold that word and go, if I can't say this word, <laughs> well, my shtick on, on Kentucky's and Montana's all wrong. I just call it Montucky. I'm like, there it is. <laughs> it's Montucky. It's crazy. It's hillbilly. It's fun. As a comic, how do you navigate that those waters and that stuff how do you how do you walk that perilous line to where you don't because in my mind I've, I've got to think there's there's is there a part that goes if there's someone standing in the back and they're just tapping their foot and like you know young lady what you said <laughs> well that was, was offensive and it hurt my feeling and I just you know what I'm not coming back to this comedy club and I'm going to write a handwritten letter and it was like, Jesus Christ, can that you just... That happens it's more comedy. often than you would think, but the funny thing is it's, 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 uh, it's more the people that are air quotes on the right that are like more, like, more oh. sensitive. You mean that, that, that meme that was passed around that showed the grumpy old white guy and then, uh, and then Willy Wonka on the bottom? He's like, these kids these days, they're just... They can't take... They, you know, they're too sensitive. Yeah. And then Willy Wonka at the bottom's like, oh, yeah, unlike you, and back in your day, if a black person drank out of a drinking fountain, you'd freak the fuck out. <laughs> Good job. No, Good. no. Way, way to have thick skin, tough guy. <laughs> you fucking so, monster. So your question, navigating the line. Yes. This is where it gets tricky, is because sometimes I think it's, it's all about the economy of words, which is an expression Jenny actually taught me, um, and I love yes. the phrase. Like, knowing exactly what to say... And how to say as little as possible to get the biggest laugh. Sure. And sometimes the punchier, stronger word is the more offensive one. <laughs> and so the trick is, but it's like, keep writing. 
keep pushing, mm-hmm. keep going, because there's there's gotta be a way. Um, sometimes I'll even like I, I don't I don't really there's no there's no group that could say I really come okay men men could say <laughs> <laughs> men could say that I don't like them if you listen to my stuff wrong and I'll even acknowledge it in my set I'll go okay I think I just lost the men. No, I know. That's a, that's another thing. I'm like, oh my God, I love men. I own one. Anyways. So, <laughs> but you have to have a sense of humor about yourself a little bit. But I think there's always a way if you just write better. I just think laziness is where... But don't where, you also look at that audience. Sorry to interrupt. But don't you also look at the audience and go, hey, it's a comedy show, fuck. Oh, and by the way, um, it's a comedy show. This is not... No offense to anyone. This is not the fucking Food Network. All right? We're not... Judging kids making pies, yeah. which I'm sure you could get offended at as well, you weird fucker. It's comedy. <laughs> well, learn to laugh. I mean, the whole point I've always understood for comedy is not only to laugh at the intelligence of what you're saying, but because of what you're saying, it allows me to laugh at myself. Mm-hmm. That's what I've always thought stand up was. I, I think the thing is, though, the audience writes your check. But it's the whole audience. It's not just the one guy tapping his toes. Yeah. There's a general, you know what I mean? The one person walking I'm out just, out of 2000. You assume their gender. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, you, I said guy. That's like gender. No. no. How okay. dare you? Okay. How dare you? Dang, how far are we going to get into bridesmaids before we actually talk about it? I know. This is exactly <laughs> People get so mad. They're like, you know, you missed my favorite part. I'm like, I don't know you. I kind of want to. Can so I talk about this part? I hate to cut you off. Okay. So this is one of my absolute favorite parts in the movie. I love, 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 love this part. Okay. They are at um, Maya Rudolph's character's engagement party. Yep. And Kristen Wiig and Rose Bryan, I cannot remember any character's name right now, are basically fighting for her friendship by trying to give the best toast. This is brilliant comedy because it goes on too long. My favorite thing <laughs> is when something is too long and it's like where you go from being like, oh, this is good, to this is bad, to oh my God, why is this happening, to oh, this is so great, it's still happening. Who's, who's filming this? Please tell me something. Yes, this is, I wish this would have happened at my engagement party. I wish something like this had happened. Where I wish my bridesmaids would have just like fought for the spotlight like this. It would have been, actually, no, I was in a wedding that was kind of like this, but it was the groomsmen where like I came oh. up there with a really prepared toast and like also I'm a comic, so I know how to work a room. Yeah. I did good. And then every groomsman decided to kind of just like ramble on. Thank like, you, sir. Look at this. The producer Matt coming in with sugar, half and half, cold brew. Oh yeah. And, oh my god, with the with the expiration date visible to me, so we don't have to have any conversations. Exactly. Thank you. Classy operation here at Dive Bar Austin. We want to thank Let's take a moment to thank Dive Bar Austin for uh, bringing us not only wonderful beverages, but also hosting us every Thursday. Thank you, Dive Bar Austin. Find them at divebaraustin.com. I got my voice changes when I all of a sudden. No, do you a have read. a great announcer voice. <laughs> You're bringing me back to my like my past life as a radio DJ. You know, they said video was going to kill the radio star, and so I didn't go into radio, and it didn't happen. <laughs> Fucking lies. All it's crazy because podcasts have like. They revive the radio star, if you will. People just want to listen on their own time. Just like they street, do. like people would say TV was going to go somewhere. And it's like, no, 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 no. Streaming is just the thing. People yeah. just love being able to have things whenever they want it. Exactly. That's all. And I think there's a bridge, right? Uh, there's, there's a beautiful bridge that comes in that says, I need my, my real time. I need my stuff. I need my news. Like sports. maybe right now. Sports, sports and news. Sports and news. I need it right now. I mean, I'll give, guess what? 
CNN, I'm going to give you 30 minutes to go ahead and fact check real quick. Same with Fox, same with MSNBC, same with every major news outlet that seems to fuck up a lot of major news. It's like, like I'm going to give you guys 30 extra minutes to go ahead and... and, and, and I just want to be famous enough that a news network confuses me with like another black person and like, <laughs> like my picture's up there with someone else's name. Actually, you want to be the person whose name it is, but the picture's wrong. Like, like So I wanted to say Jasmine Ellis, but it's Amanda Seals. Like, that's what I want. <laughs> They show Wanda Sykes, like, Jasmine Ellis came in today. <laughs> You're like, God damn, I made it. I love her so much, but she is 60. So I would be like a little bit like, we're 55. Like, <laughs> I'd be I a little never, bit like I never huh. know a woman's age. It's not appropriate <laughs> to have that in my brain at all. Just oh so, God. See how long it's been going on? Oh, it's still going. And they're trying to sing, uh, count on me, we'll be there. Is that what they're saying? I think <laughs> I, that's what it is. Look at how uncomfortable she is. Oh, by the way. Kristen Wiig is... And Melissa McCarthy, fresh off of her janitor role, just just rolled right in with that with that men's bowling shirt tucked in. Yes, I when I okay. I think the guys from Untucked are just watching this, going, "I'd sponsor Melissa McCarthy to wear an untucked button down. I'd sponsor <laughs> it right now." I saw the way that shirt looked tucked in. Do it's you, not supposed to be tucked in. You feel like the kind of person who would know those people. Do you know the Untucked people? <laughs> no, I don't. Explain what? that business model. A hundred. It's like hundred and forty dollars for a shirt just because you don't wear it in your pants. I almost because. Ideally, the, the thought of it, I was like, "Ooh, I should get my husband one of those." And then I was like, "You, you're out your mind. You are out your mind." I, I can't believe they you, run a business that way. There's, there's a business. There, there are two. There's amazing clothing businesses out there that, that blow my mind. Untucked is one, so I bring them up a lot because I'm just, I'm shocked and perplexed. I want whiskey in my fact, coffee. You can get some. I didn't talk. I did not mean to talk over you. Go on. You can, you can have some whiskey in that. You're shocked and perplexed. Yes. No, I'm not. I, I, I do whiskey. I do uh, once a month. I do whiskey donuts at my house where we do whiskey, coffee, and a variety of donuts. And I get some reporters to come over and I just talk shit about, um, about, uh, uh, about technology and what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. And then um, we just have some fun. That sounds really fun. Yeah, it's a good time. Okay. So, so what we're talking about. Oh, she's getting pulled over. Have you ever been pulled over? Yes. Uh, lots and lots of times. Ironically. Why are you driving so fast? Uh, no, it's not like, well, yes. I went through a phase where I was getting Dri- a lot driving, of You're driving tickets. late at night, driving fast, racing your car all around Round Rock. I've, no, I've gotten better. <laughs> I haven't gotten any tickets since I've lived in Austin, but I have been in two car accidents. I've had no oh, luck. And it, not my fault. Not my fault. This lady. So where'd you live prior, real quick? Uh, DFW, like Dallas-Fort Worth area, Arlington. Okay, and then you said Louisiana at one point in time. Well, yeah, I was in Louisiana when I was going to that show. Oh, I have okay. a lot of family there, so every summer I always try to do as many shows as I can there. Oh, my God, I love this part. Sorry. <laughs> she's, she's being dancing. pulled over, and she's proving she's not drunk by, like, doing this whole, like, chicken dance situation on the line. And <laughs> he's like, well, your taillight's out. She's like, it's not a DUI. He's like, it's just, just a shitty driver, and your taillight's out. That's, but she was swerving all over the road because she was making fun of Rose Bryan's character. She's like, oh, I know the owner. And she's, like, swerving <laughs> the car. I, ah. She's just too cute in this. I love it. Um, what did you ask me before I went on this tangent? Oh, where I'm from. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I lived in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, Arlington, to Not be specific. Not one thing on you is bedazzled, so I'm confused. Wait. <laughs> I always take off one piece before I leave. <laughs> I do have this, like, I love making fun of Dallas. I have a diamond-encrusted Kate Spade um, pretzel oh, keychain. Watch your toes, people. <laughs> Kate Spade drop. As I said, the queen of comedy. Oh, I love Kate Spade. I love. Oh, see, see, that's another reason why. Like, <laughs> you're like, listen, I'm just getting famous for Kate Spade to get to for my name to be 
Put this on the news. Why, this is why I have a day job and this is why I haven't moved to New York or LA because I like nice things. I like I like having nice things. I like having space for my nice things. I'm not yeah. trying to live in a five by seven box in LA on top of my husband. I'm just not ready for that. I'm not. No one is. My my I took my wife out to uh to Newport Beach and we're out hanging out and we're down in Laguna. Mm-hmm. This is nice. Why'd you leave this? I'm like, I left and we found each other and got married. I would say thanks for leaving this, but uh, <laughs> I don't know how you're feeling about the marriage these days. What the hell's going on? <laughs> and so we're chatting it up, and uh, she was, and we're walking around, and there's a Whole Foods in Laguna. We're walking up, and she goes, oh, realty office. Let's look at houses. And this is the only place in the world where the biggest font size is the price because they don't want fucking people walking in going, how much? <laughs> They're from Minnesota. How much is that out? You're like, get the fuck out right now. You can't afford it. She's like, oh, so it's a, it's a four-bedroom, three-bath. It's a 1,900 square feet, a little snug. It's on the hill. It's got a garage. Ooh, one car. Okay, that's no pool. Uh, 2.3 million fucking dollars. And I was like, babe, it's Laguna. Oh my God. It's Laguna Beach. Oh it's my on the God. hill in Laguna Beach. You see the ocean every morning. She goes, I don't want to live in a place where we make good money and I feel poor. Yeah. I go, let's drive up to LA. <laughs> and I'm like, these people are poor. And, you know, LA started the whole camping outside. They're like, urban campers, oh, let Lord. them live anywhere. It'll be fine. And there's a lady on North La Brea <laughs> showering. She's got the thing. I'm glad she showered. I really am. I'm not gnawing the shower. Don't need to see her shower. Oh, is she like legit naked? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Like taking a real shower outside? Taking a real shower outside and just hanging it from a tree. Mm -hmm. And it's just sprinkling down on her. She's just rinsing off North La Brea, driving up, just having fun. And I was like, she's like, well, I don't think our daughter needs to see any of this. And we're stuck in traffic. And I'm like, Harper, look the other way. Like, let's just just anything to see but this. The cost of living is insane. Like me and my best friend, my best friend Jennifer is, a, she's like kind of an Instagram model. And like, I think she has a regular job too. an Instagram model. Because I don't know what else she does. Like we talk so about she's this. she's an Instagram model. She's an Instagram model. And like, she'll have like a different rotating job. I love her to death though. And when I went to visit her in LA, it was just so funny because we paid the same amount for rent. And when I opened her front door, I hit her bed. And I was like, what? And I was like, no, the bed goes in the living room. And yeah. she was generous enough to let me stay with her for a couple of days. But I was just like, I, I got to make it, make it before I get to L.A. You let me know? tell you. Let me, I'm going to show you make it, make it. So my friend, every time I go to L.A., I cruise up there. I say hi. Um, she lets me stay at her guest house. Mm-hmm. And she's an actress. By um, the way, we're in the part of the movie where Kristen's making that elaborate cupcake, and this part oh. makes me want to scream every time I watch it. Do you know what she does after she makes this cupcake? She just eats the one cupcake. She just eats the one. That's not how, like, batter works. There's no way she nope. only made enough batter for one, one. cake. No, you don't. <laughs> it just makes me... And it's so... It's like this beautiful flower, and then she just... Okay, bye, done. See ya, and I'm going to eat this. Look at, the, look at how good I am at, at this one thing. And now I'm going to eat it. Which is also, it did, I believe that this kind of sets the tone for the character. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I'm beautiful. I'm amazing. I do great stuff. And I'm super destructive. And I'm stuck here. On top of Mulholland Drive. You people love this in the podcast and you can't see what I'm showing other people. So, so he's showing me um, the top of Mulholland Drive. There's and the her dog, Cowboy. And that's the pool. This gorgeous house. 
That's the view of LA right there. It's kind of that industrial style where everything looks kind of square and cold, but also super sexy. It's uh, like, you know so what I mean? The, the walls disappear, and I'll show you what that means. That's not a picture. That's the walls disappearing. I cooked dinner for everyone that night. It was oh, nice. nice. Yeah, so my friend who's an actress, she owns multiple homes in LA, and she's got one. Her guest home is on top of Mulholland Drive. Mm-hmm. And she's like, here's the keys. Here's the gate code. Have a good time. Nice. I'm like, okay. My friend, who also lives on... Uh, in Hollywood, like in the heart of Hollywood, he's got one of those small apartments that he pays way too much money for. <laughs> he's like, you can stay with me. And I'm like, ah, pass. Listen, I love you. Oh. Gonna, listen, why don't you come up to the Mulholland house and hang out? <laughs> Bring the dogs, hang out, have a good time. Yeah, it's just, I mean, everybody but I can't wants afford to LA. be there. I mean, it's kind of the same way where people, like, it gets more expensive when people want to be somewhere, you know? I don't know why people want to be here. It's October and it's 101 outside. Okay. I, as a Texan, as a native Texan, I'm used to these, I'm used to our weird heat patterns, which is just, I, I'm used to it. Do I miss, do I wish I had a real fall? Yes. Yeah. I love a pea coat. I love a, a blousey scarf. I love... I love all of it. I love an over-the-knee boot. Do I get to wear those things? No. But one day in December, <laughs> one day you pull in it December. all out, dust it off. This is that time of year too. You see people like now. Still did your husband trying. dress for that, or is he like, "Fuck it, I'll just be cold one day." Yeah, no, he, he <laughs> no, no, no. He likes like 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 he actually lived in Montana for years and likes cold Ooh, where weather. Where in Montana? Um, you tell. I'm from Montana. Where do you say? Where do you Talk say? Talk to me. Uh, middle of nowhere. Yeah, he was there for AmeriCorps, which is like the Peace Corps, but for Americans. So like that's <laughs> like. This is how much our government doesn't like you. AmeriCorps, <laughs> we're here to help because tax dollars don't. He told me he used to have to drive two hours for groceries and toilet paper. I believe that. So it was like the middle of nowhere. And one time his like car flipped over and he was just like in the ice. And like, is one, like isn't it crazy? That he like, is he a Navy SEAL? He's like, so what I did is I, I, I just got done watching MacGyver, honey. You're going to love this. I had a toothpick and I had a cigarette lighter <laughs> and I had some dry brush. And I turned my car into a bonfire and I stayed warm and I killed a deer and ate it. Three days in the snow. I don't know how he does to like that. He's so outdoorsy too. He likes to camp. He likes bikes. Like we don't do. Like I'm not that. We're we're literally. I don't that, like pretending to be homeless. I believe it's a bad omen. Absolutely. A bad juju on your on your home. You're we're like that, I don't need you home. <laughs> the home's like fuck you. We're that Green Acres couple. Like I'm just like oh no, this is not for me. Thank you though. I appreciate it. Like his people, his family are like pet people. I don't really like pets. You don't like pets? No. What kind of pets though? Any. Andy, I don't do I don't do reptiles because I don't say, like, I'll just I don't know say what they're it thinking. and turn off your whole audience. I don't like dogs. Jesus Christ! I just don't. They just like like the mouth sounds that they make. I don't like I don't, the unconditional love. They don't care. They just love you for who you are. They bark. They bite at you. And then everyone's like, oh, they can smell fear. And I can't stop being afraid. And so it's just like let me tell you. Let me tell you what dogs can't. Well, let me tell you what dog can't smell fear. Basset Hound. Do you like Basset Hounds? I have one. My do- my daughter, his name's Banjo. Oh, that's a cute name. He's cute. He's he's just dumb. Mm-hmm. You got to get a dumb dog. You got to get an inbred dumb dog. He's like, huh? Mm-hmm. One ear's longer than the other. They kind of walk with a limp for no reason. Like, do you hear it himself? No, he's just. What is with people liking these damaged dogs? Everyone's like, oh, I love my dog because damaged. it'll never leave me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> What's wrong with you? You don't get a cocky dog. It's like, fuck you. I'll find a new house. You get a dog. You're like. Oh, does someone have the I want to go back to the pound blues? Oh, you want to go back to the pound with the big, big cage? 
then don't shit in the house again, you little motherfucker. And they're no, like, sorry. Oh. <laughs> See, now you like dogs because you I don't care. like the way you talk to that one. <laughs> I like, you know, you can dislike someone and not want them to be verbally abused on your That's watch. That's not verbally abused. <laughs> yeah, that That's a ver- reminder of, of your past and how I rescued you. Okay, we're back to the movie. We are getting <laughs> oh, to one of my favorite parts. We're about to go to- have lunch at this Brazilian restaurant. By the way, Emily Kemper. First of all, sure, it's not... There's one live dog out front, so that's that's the good news for the Brazilian restaurant. No, you know I missed that before, but that is like a, such a great omen that this restaurant's terrible because there is one stray dog that walks across like, the screen. He's like, Get the fuck out! So Emily Kemper is in this movie too, uh, aka Kimmy Schmidt, and she plays yep. like a very Kimmy Schmidt adjacent character. Um, one thing I love is she is recently married, so of course she talks about her own wedding a ton, and she's like, she's like, yes, we went to Pixar Land at Disney, and I just I didn't realize I was becoming this person, but that's where I went for my honeymoon was Disney World, and I you loved did it. Not. I loved it. I wore different ears every day. Uh, we spent so much money. They have yeah. the best prime rib at Disney. That Random, is not true. No, it's really good. Um, folks, by the way, she's putting Jergens on right now. No, my knees are really ashy and it's bothering me. Um, like, if you're wondering what else is happening, if you're hearing this... this, oh, this, he, this oh, is the lotion picking up on the microphone? No, no, like, no, oh. Let's just try. Uh. No, it's just, it's just picking up the... We're all good. Okay. Um, but yeah, so they're just talking... I can't remember what they talk about at this so part. So now, real, worst dining experience? Worst besides, dining? Besides Disney's prime rib, worst dining experience? <laughs> I love Disney's Prime Now, what was my worst dining experience? God, okay, I've had some bad ones recently. So, t- so let me tell you. So speaking of weddings, honeymoons, all that jazz. So my wife and I do our wedding honeymoon in Thailand mm-hmm. by ourselves. Parents are crazy. I'm like, I'm not dealing with this bullshit. My mom's been married like five times. I'm not getting all those five dudes together and her and not knowing which side to sit on. And then her mom and her mom's 17 sisters and... Her dad's 15... Bro- I'm like, no, I'm doing this bullshit. Okay. We're going to Thailand. We go to Thailand. We have a great time. <laughs> We're in the island. We went to Chiang Mai. We're down in the islands. We're going to get married on the beach. We're getting it all done. We get done. We have this beautiful, amazing uh, meal after our wedding on the beach. Mm-hmm. And we go back to... And we're, we're in our bedroom, and it's Thai food. And I'm cast iron. I've never had a hangover. I take copious amounts of drugs, and I wake up the next morning. I'm like, so who wants to go run three miles? <laughs> I, I hate hearing that because I feel like you're going to blink one day at 45 and just go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like, well, his heart exploded. It's From what? Be, From everything he did. And it's going to be so peaceful and just like not a big deal. Yeah, you're just going to be in the movie theater. <laughs> what Knock on wood. I hope you live a very no, long life. I, listen, I, I, I hope I make it to 70, and that's all I care about because I don't want to be pooping my pants old and all that jazz. So we're, we're there. I've shared this story before. We're there. We're, we're having sex. And she's like, get off. And I'm like, I'm working my hardest. And she goes, no, get off. Oh, me. I know where this is going, but go on. Well, in Thailand, because of the beachfront and the tsunamis and everything that comes through there, they're concrete. And they keep gaps in the doors so the water can run through and all that jazz. And concrete reflects sound at an aggressive level. So I hear her murder a toilet like an AK-47. <laughs> and then the smell just walks, the, the door gaps like a foot. So the smell just comes out. So I turn on the building of the Great Wall in Thai subtitles with a Chinese voiceover. Mm. Perfect watching. Then after five minutes, I hear the shower come on. Then after a couple minutes, she opens the door 
she's back in her laundry and she goes, so how are you? <laughs> no, she did. No, she did it. My wife's got confidence for days. No, she did. For days. I thought you were going to tell me because this is happening before. I was going to because sometimes after a heavy meal, if my, like, if, look. Like, if he wants to be on top after a heavy meal, I'm like, no. Because the pressure yeah. on my stomach, I'm going to throw up. Yeah. That's happened to me before where I had to be like, baby, no. And then I, like, I have to leave. But I've never come back, like, as hey. you were saying. <laughs> I don't know if you minded the commercial interruption. But guess what's back on regular scheduled television? A little sexy time. And I was like, you know, I'm really into this show right now. Can we save it? The one great place I went to in Austin called Bloom Bridal is a plus-size bridal store, and it okay. was, like, an amazing experience, and they, like, took photos, and they had champagne and coffee, and everything was amazing. Dope. I and like I that. actually got to try on shit that fit. Um, but the shit that fit? So, they were amazing. But, yeah, no, I think it's, I just, I have a gripe with the bridal industry where it's, like, fat people get married. And also, like, I'm, like, in the, like, I'm in the lower range of what's considered a fat person. You know what I mean? And I, I, I should be able to walk into a place and be able to try out a dress that fits. So it's wild. Um, also, look at this hideous dress Melissa McCarthy has on. Like, oh, I like the jacket part. I hate the jacket part. Because you can put flasks in She there. looks like a matador. This is horrible. She also, she looks, she looks like she's going to throw up. I, yeah, no, yeah. But back to, like, back to what's happening to the girls' bodies. And this is, again, another one of those scenes where Rose Brine and Kristen Wiig oh, try to outdo Kristen, each other. She looks a little sweaty. <laughs> she's sweating, but claiming that she's not hot, and like she looks dizzy. Oh, everyone is just... She's like, why not look at pockets? Nice pockets are How fun. How did they get Melissa's face so red here? It, I believe they poisoned her. She looks like she's holding her breath, but she's not. Like, she's just dying. Oh. Oh, who is this actress? She's she so was, great. Um, she's on the Goldbergs. Yes, and uh, Reno 911, and she's yep. amazing. I cannot think of her name. Reno 911. What is, uh, what's your, um, as we're waiting for, for someone to shit in the sink. What? <laughs> <laughs> so no one watching this hasn't seen the movie, right? I would hope not. Uh, yeah, this is 10 alert. years old. They sh- they've yeah, had time. Listen, fuckers. Stop. Oh, this piano tournée or whatever this thing was uh, called. With the look at everyone's getting sweatier. And they're like, "Oh, you look amazing." Now, when you start feeling sick, are, do you try to hide it, or are you like, "Listen, assholes, I, I'm out." Depends on the situation. I have had. Are you a nice person like that? Oh, 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 Christina P. Right now, just felt like throwing up, knowing that someone's talking about throwing up. Uh, you know, she's got a thing. Oh, she where gags. She, she gags at gagging. She'll yeah. throw up at throw up. Gagging sounds are gross. They are really, really gross. I get ill when I hear the sound, like you were describing, of liquid hitting the toilet. That, like, porcelain ringing oh. noise. I can't handle that. But for me, I have, like, I've had multiple times when I felt like I was going to... Th- oh! I've thrown up, then gone right on stage. Like, I've had, like, one of those situations... What? <laughs> where, like, I'll just, like, I'll have a cup in my hand of water. Because I'm, like, always, like... Whenever I think I'm getting sick, oh, let me get some water. I have a cup of water in my hand. Let me water this throat. I'm like, oh, 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 I forgot about that. The vomit on the back of the toilet already. Slid on the toilet lid. She's like, oh, oh, no, no, no. Oh, oh, here it goes. Here it goes. Get it, get it, get it, get it. Get it and shit in a sink. (laughs) (laughs) No. Stop. I can't. Like, she's like, they're both disgusting with each other and yelling. I forgot how much of the vomit and shit they show. Oh, look at how much sweat she's got going on. The running God. mascara right here is beautiful. She's like, are you feeling okay? I didn't eat any of that food, but you ate some? Why did you eat it? You ate that grayish-looking meat. Are you fine? Oh, I, have a, I remember one time we were here in Austin, 
And uh, we got some, I got some barbacoa tacos, which is the face meat. Yeah. Barbacoa is great. It's my favorite part. Yeah. It wasn't done right. It was kind of smelling a little gamey. Ooh, where'd you go? Oh, uh, I forget the name. But I, I was Let's literally... not trash anybody yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to be mean, but maybe a bad day for the chef. But um, I was, you know, it was a little, it was a little <laughs> grisly. Our air is drenched. I'm listening. I'm listening. A little grisly. And I started to feel sick and I was out with my wife. I'm like, oh man, I think we're going to have my stomach. She goes, you're going to shit? I'm like, no, I'm going to throw up. That barbacoa was not right. She goes, yeah, you didn't finish your tacos. I was like, no. I took a bite of each one. I had three and all three were just funky. And then I got the hottest hot sauce thinking that would kill any disease in there. <laughs> a little ghost pepper. And you should have chased worried. it with some vodka. The alcohol would have killed the bacteria. Then I was worried about I it. Think. So that, well, what I did is I went and I got... Um, I got tequila shots. I got four tequila shots. Okay. And then it went away. Okay. Tequila will fuck anything up. That is that is probably true. Tequila and moonshine. You're reminding me of the last time I got like deathly ill before a show. I was supposed to perform at the Velveeta room here and it was a, Uh I was going to open. Oh, never mind. I'll shut up. Let me shut up. We're going to poop outside. Have you ever had to poop outside? Oh, um, no, not poop outside. My wife has had to shit on a bridge outside and wipe. Does she know you wipe, tell all her business? And wipe with an umbrella that she had in the back of her car. Oh, poor thing. <laughs> oh, poor. Oh, she's in this. Oh, oh did you see this movie in theaters? Yes. Do you remember like how uproarious the laughter is at this scene? Because it's just oh, like. Oh, I love Kristen Wiig. Oh, no, she's shitting in the street. Oh, oh she's taking a shit in the street. Oh, God. Oh, God, she's shitting in the street. Looking, and by the way, my favorite part is she's just looking at the Bud Light sign. <laughs> like that, because I believe Bud Light's a shit beer. Oh, my God. So. Sorry, Bud Light. You know what I should have done for my wedding photos? I should have, like, recreated the look of this. Like, because I had one of those foofy, foofy, puffy gowns like that. And then just to, like, be collapsed on my knees and look like I'm shitting. That would have been hilarious. I should have... I should have done that. So you that. got married after this movie came out? Yeah, I got married in January of this year. I'm, oh, I'm a wow. newlywed. Yeah. Ooh, congratulations. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> the drive home, all Maya can say is, I shit in the street. I can't shit believe I shit in the street. And, and Kristen's trying to make her feel better about it. Like, it happens all the time. And she's like, people shit in the street. <laughs> uh, <laughs> in LA now, it happens all the time. Oh, but it's in the middle of the street. Oh, just throwing up outside. I can't have. I was uh, I was playing basketball with a buddy of mine outside in L.A., and he started. We had uh, had champagne, maybe three bottles that morning, and uh, <laughs> I like to drink. I can tell. <laughs> Go on. And I should have done this on a day I didn't have to work. He started, he started getting sick, and he went to throw up. And I ran the other his girlfriend's there, and she's like, "Honey, you okay?" He's like, and I was like. Hey, you doing good, buddy? Can I help you in any way? <laughs> I'm just, I couldn't look. I couldn't look at the, 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 this also scene. This gentleman, <laughs> I can't, can't. Rebel Wilson and her Rebel brother Wilson shaving each other in the tub. Is just, that's her brother? Yeah, that's her brother. Oh, that's right. Isn't that gross? Oh, he doesn't even know how to shave. He just kind of hits an area. That's <laughs> how you get razor burn, sir. <laughs> well, that's exactly how you get razor burn. Can we talk about? Wait, that's not it yet. No, I was. I thought this. I thought she was going to John Ham's house. No, John Ham. What is? Uh, what's happened with John Ham? He's fine as shit. That's what happened. What I do you mean, think? Is something recently happened? I, I'd like to make him some new pants. Where I don't have to see his dick. Every ah, time that's what I was about to say. You don't have to wait for sweatpants season to see John Ham's dick. He's just no. always got it out, and I Mother, love it. Motherfuckers in khakis, dick. I love Jeans, it. Jeans, dick. Love it. Suit. Dick. Love it. Shorts. Dick. Don't ever stop. Don't ever. He can't. <laughs> he's got a little monster down there and wants to get. He's got his own little version of Milo. 
I can, crawls out of his groin, not his ass. I, I'm like, I don't remember this part at all. There's like an odd little child she's talking to. This is this is right up her alley. Why is she talking to this kid? Is this a job? Why are there so many things? Why are there so many drinking options on the table? I don't remember this part at prune juice. He has like a little fort built behind him, which is adorable. It's next to a piano, which is not adorable. And that you little, can't have musical instruments when you have kids, FYI. You can't? They destroy them? They don't destroy them. They play on them. Oh. Uh, if you want to ruin a piano, just let your two-year-old figure out what a piano is. At least. Just, hey, good morning. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> you can't get up on a Monday before 9 a.m., but on a Sunday, your ass up at 4 and be like, what cartoons are on? It's Sunday. <laughs> Kids are funny like that, but I kind of wish I had that kind of energy because they're like, today's a day I don't have to do anything, so let me do as many fun things as I can. Like, that's how their brain works. Whereas oh, yeah. we're like, today's a day I don't have to do anything. I have to sleep as much as I gotta can, rest. please. I got to fucking rest. How old are your kids and how many do you have? I have one, and she is uh, six years old. Oh, that's a fun Daddy's age. Daddy's girl, 100%, travels with me. Um, when she was was my wife at a cesarean uh she slept on my side of the bed mm-hmm. in the bassinet so she fell asleep holding my finger oh she is she's dad dad's kid oh i, mean, I love it and she's just but she's all i mean this is where you know like, you really got to question the good lord above like so you've created little monsters that have more energy than the older <laughs> monsters that are supposed to take care of them yep instead of creating i don't know people like, I don't understand two things about the whole creation. Everyone's like, God did such a great job creating this. I'm like, did he? I get new teeth at seven, and then they're supposed to last me 93 more years. <laughs> That's actually a really good point. Like, yeah, yeah, fuck. You, you've done three things wrong. Teeth, energy levels based on who I'm around. So I've got a six-year-old that has 10 times more energy than me at 45, and it should be the opposite. I should be able to do double work and more to create and provide an energy and an atmosphere for my kid who's six and let her sleep like a basset hound all fucking day long. Make her go to school half the day. I don't care, but I've got the energy to get all the other shit done. And then three, you've built us to survive. Yeah. Like our innate drive is to survive. And the only thing that's guaranteed in life is death. That's super fucked up. Well... Maybe we, I have no answer. Like, I'm just stuck on the teeth thing because Alex, my husband, he went to the dentist for the first time in two years. Um, now they're in bed together, John Hamm and Kristen Wiig. I do not understand what that last scene was, and I'm starting to think you have like a director's cut because I, I don't think that I've never seen that before. And I've seen this movie so many she was times. On a date. Yeah, I don't she remember did that. Like a, oh. a, a, a online date, and then she left quickly because it was so horrible. Okay, and he dropped her off at John Hamm's house. Okay, I think that was cut out of the... Here's the thing about Jude, Jude Aptow, Judd Aptow, whatever. He loves to make his movies too fucking long. Yeah. So I think that was something that got cut. It's like a, it's like a competition between him and Quentin Tarantino. Oh, God. Uh, There's always at least 30 hours? minutes that could be cut in every Judd Aptow film, without question. Every time. I think it's an ego thing for him where he thinks everything he creates is so good, he couldn't possibly cut it. Like, cause <laughs> every comedian has that thing where they're just like, no, this is a great joke. And it's like, yeah, but it's your third one about your dick in the last 30 minutes. Did you want to maybe space out the stuff about your dick? Like, but they don't want to do Because, by the way, it's a 20-minute set and you're 10 minutes over. <laughs> like, in case you're wondering. <laughs> okay? And I'm glad you did the For Hims commercial as well. That's good for you. But seriously. <laughs> do, you, uh, do you think it's weird that in this world that we live in, once again, going back to the body and everything, 
Like God shut the dick down for a reason at a certain age. I I'm, don't know I'm that kinda, and I don't know that anyone likes their boob touched that way. I know Any the woman. way he's doing it and staring her down. Also, this bra is like so padded and kind of a couple inches off her chest, and I just kind of wish they hadn't done that. Yeah, the bra <laughs> doesn't fit her right. It doesn't. I like it's. There's nothing wrong with having small boobs. Like this. No, is, there's not. This bra. I like awkward. how he gets one little rub and is like, "No, nah, I'm gonna go sleep now." <laughs> she looks so uncomfortable. She's like. I mean, I believe my boob, my boob just entered the Me Too. That's so... You know what's great about this is the two of them, they have sex a bunch in this movie, but you can tell she never enjoys it. But that is part of like... And sadly, that's one of those things that girls do where it's like you want to make a square peg fit a round hole so bad that you're like, this guy has no redeeming qualities. He's annoying. He treats me like shit. The sex is bad. But we've already been together, so we might as well make it work. Well, what am I going to do without Pizza Thursdays? <laughs> And he knows all my girlfriends. It's Pizza Thursday again. And they so. will just push and push and push to make something that doesn't work fit. And it's just like, why? Have you gone through those relationships? Yes, absolutely. And I talk oh about it a lot guys, in my set. Guys go through those relationships too where you're with a girl and you're like, so annoying. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, listen, annoying is a relative term, but annoying to the person. Annoying to me. Um, doesn't, doesn't respect anything I do. Yeah. Big ones. Uh, Herpes? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we all go through it, and I think women are a little bit more forthright about getting through those relationships because, I don't know, I just think women are, are more conditioned to admit when they're wrong, whereas yeah. a guy won't. In any like, I'm still looking for directions. Yeah. And by directions, I mean I'm just going to keep driving in circles. But on the other end of it, what I find is a lot of times when guys make all the mistakes in a relationship, they're still really quick to call their ex crazy or psycho and this and that. Was like, was she crazy or did you like cheat on her a bunch and make her or upset? Is she, is she crazy or is it just the wrong person for you and it just feels crazy to you because of who you are? Yes. And that's the thing. It's like people have, they have to fit. I don't know. Every relationship is different. I'm like, you know, I, like I said, I'm a newlywed and I'm in, I'm in a very good place right now. But like, I love that me and my partner are so different from each other. Sure. Because I've dated people who are just like me. And have you ever dated a comic? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Actually, yeah. Yeah. Um, my, um, my husband was a comic when we met. That's how oh. we met. Um, he ran some open mics in town in Fort Worth and we just like got to be like genuinely good friends and hang around. But he was like friends with me while I was dating another comic who is just a trash individual. Uh, like, like he's a good person, I think. Um, but he's just like... For the right person. For the right person, he will be a good person, but he wasn't the right the person right penitentiary. for me. Yeah. Whatever, it's fun. <laughs> um, and my husband and I, but like he's so different. He has more of that like writer technical brain and he focuses on more like the construction of the joke and that actually led him to focusing on writing and he's been making like all of his income from writing now. So he took a break from performing. Okay. And me, I'm... Ian Edwards-esque. Yeah, yeah. And me, I'm more like, I love being on stage. I love connecting with people. I can say hi to people and talk after shows all day. He hates that. So we have like that different... But I'll have an idea and he'll just like... I'll be like, I want to say this, this, and this. This is funny. And it'll be good. And he'll be like, have you ever thought about this? And it'll be something I never thought of. And it'll add like a tag to it. Sure. So we're a good team. I used to be kind of insecure about admitting that because I didn't want people to think that I didn't write my own stuff. You know, like I needed a man to finish my ideas because I don't. But it's nice to have that support. And our brains work completely differently. He's so introverted. I'm so extroverted. Like it's really nice being with someone very different from me. You can go to a big party. Set him down in a chair. Like, where's your husband? <laughs> He's in the same goddamn chair I set him down in right over there. He is going to be by himself, relaxed, calm, 
Let's all bum rush him, make him sweat real quick, and then leave. Yeah, I'm a big fan of ready to go when you are. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This guy in this commercial went to college with me, and we, like, made out a whole bunch. With his Orby bill? Yeah. And his, the, oh, don't say the name of the commercial. <laughs> Orby TV. <laughs> They'll show him again, but, yeah, that's so Those, funny. Which one are they going to show? Who is he? Look at all this stuff. He's on the, the left. Is, on the left, that guy? He's yeah. Yeah. He's doing great things. That's... Uh, <laughs> It's one of those, like, never officially my boyfriend, boyfriend situations. So it's just funny to see him on television. I like those people. He's like, did you guys date? No. (laughs) My wife's like, really? You guys didn't date? No. Uh, Six-month sex affair? Yep. Didn't date? Nope. I have so many like that where it's like, for two years, like, I knew your mom. I had a key to your place, but you were not my boyfriend. No, not at all. Because you scared the shit out of me. I don't know what it was where I was like, I can't make this official anywhere. Not even in my brain. Why? What is it that keeps a guy from wanting to be official with a girl? I'm curious. Or at least for you. And I I was always the guy who loved relationships. And I was very excited to do the relationships and be a part of them. But um, when I wasn't, it was always because there was always something just a hair off. There was something where this was more of, it was like, oh, Jason's just being Jason, or it's just, I always, because I always, I mean, I remember one time we're in this bar, we're hanging out, and with this, I meet this girl in this bar, we're having a good time, we're chatting it up. She's got a fake bird in her hair. Oh, that's cute, she's quirky. Yeah, she's quirky. New girl. And I'm talking, our bartender's there, and she walks, she goes, Jason, I just want to let you know, the girl you're talking to, she's been thrown out of this bar twice. Oh, no. Once, she hit her ex-boyfriend with a pool cue. Listen, listening, listening. Listen. We're going to go back to what We're going to go back to this. And uh, second, she broke a bottle at the end of the bar and tried to stab someone. Just warning you. And I'm like, my type of lady. <laughs> I can't wait to go home with her. Well, why get involved with her at all then? I don't understand why men will sleep with someone they think is batshit crazy, but then not date them. Why, because, put, why because, would you put your penis in someone who might murder you? I don't understand your like need for danger. I don't get it. It's not about that. See, this is where... This is where I think women miss the point. And that is, is that there's no need for danger. There's no need for anything. The only thing we have a need for is story time. So to have a story that goes, I actually went back to this girl's apartment. She strips me down naked. She sits on top and she goes, wait one minute. Grabs the comforter. So I'm laying there on her bed naked. She leaves at the comforter. Comes back in. Jumps on top of me. Drops the comforter, and she's got a kitchen knife that she's holding between her breasts, and she goes, you're not going to come until I say you do. And then I go, hold on one second. I want an intro. Please, if you don't mind. She goes, sure. I run into the bathroom, pull my pants on, put my shirt on, leave my $500 Gucci shoes behind. You're so Dallas, and you don't even know it. (laughs) the price tag on those shoes was so irrelevant. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Not at all. And I crawled out her bathroom window and then had to crawl out of her gated community and then didn't know where I was because I was hammered. And I've got an open shirt, no shoes, jeans, and I'm trying to hail cabs at three in the morning. And they're like, fuck this guy. No, no He's sh- on Half something. a shirt, no shoes, no service. <laughs> yeah. and, and I'm calling my friends and they're laughing. They're going, told you not to go with that bitch. And I'm like, well, I went with her. And I didn't have sex with her, and this is where I'm at now. And they're like, find your way home. All right. I slept in a park <laughs> until I figured out where I was, and then I, you know, got to where I needed to be, home. 
mm-hmm. much later that next morning. But, I mean, those are. But the idea, the difference is, I think, is that I think it's the difference in in what we carry. Yeah. And sometimes what guys like to carry is the fact when you're sitting around with your buddies or me, this podcast is there's a story that's there that no one else has. There's a, there's an there, there's a thing there that says everyone else runs. They hear gunfire, they run away. I run towards it. Why would you run towards it? Because there's a story. There. <laughs> you know what the sad part about this, and I don't want to like go really <laughs> no, dark. Please. But it's like, it's because like, like we're getting on a plane here in a second. So we'll bring it back. I, by the way, we got to talk about, (laughs) we got to talk about the last five minutes of this movie because some of my favorite stuff just happened. But, um, for women, there's like, there's always danger. Even just dating a nice man is a danger because the greatest danger to women is men. Like that's who promotes the most violence. According to Anchorman, it's it's bears. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like in all seriousness, no, 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 serious. domestic then, violence, that kind of thing. And so that's, I think we just are more cautious and we're not looking for the story. We just also we're conditioned to think that we need to be in love to be happy. So we're looking for love more than we're looking for stories. I mean, you are women and I am of course very big paintbrush. And we got to get back humor, to this movie though. But, but let's be honest. You are a, 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 you are a Jodie Foster, Kenny Loggins song walking all the time. Worried about danger and looking for love in all the wrong places. Okay. This is just how it goes. It is because you're looking for love versus being happy, being you. There's very, it's very rarely taught to women. Mm-hmm. You be you. Yeah, no. And Boo, you be you. And I don't care if you're married or single or you have nine kids and you adopt them. You, you, you travel to Russia and do... I don't care. As long as you're you, that's all that matters. Yeah. And that's not taught. And I think we're going to get there. I feel like it's like for your daughter's generation and like... Like, I think it's going to be different. I think we're more emphasizing finding yourself first. But, like, actually, I was watching Shannon Boudrums, one of my favorite, like, commenters on YouTube, and she had this great video about, she was talking about rewatching movies geared towards adolescence. And she was like, you ever notice the ones that are about boys or for boys? The story will be something like finding treasure or winning a competition. But it'll always be about them enriching themselves. Yeah. And then the stories about girls are getting a boy to like you. And that, like, that is a, it's a terrible thing to condition girls that, that your value and your self-worth is in men liking you. Now, back to this crazy-ass movie. Back to this crazy-ass movie. Okay, so we have missed some of my favorite parts. We're on the airplane right now, but I want to go yep. back a second. We can just talk about it at least. Mm-hmm. When they're planning the bachelorette party is one of my favorite parts because Kristen gets on the phone with everybody and she gets on the phone with the blonde mom and she goes, I need to leave the house. You don't understand. I have two boys. I cracked a blanket in half. That is my favorite <laughs> line in the whole movie. It is so disgusting. And so they're on the way to Vegas right now, which, by the way, I don't care how cliche it is. It's such a fun bachelorette place. I didn't do Vegas for bach- what for did mine. You, what did you do for yours? Austin, actually. Austin's great. I did Austin. I did a three-day party. I rented a bus, mm-hmm. and I went to all my favorite haunts everywhere in downtown Austin. And I, I, instead of doing a big wedding and everything else, I just paid for everybody. I said, if you fly here, I'll cover everything. Hell yeah. I, that's... Three days in Austin with a tour bus that drove us around. Willie Nelson's old tour bus. Nice. Drove us everywhere for three days. Pools. Home Slice. Um, Austin Beer Works Brewery. Dirty bills. There's just so much cool shit to do. There's here. just too much cool shit to do. We did. Um, we did my bachelorette party, and because I just had to space everything out, so my bachelorette was actually Halloween weekend, which was such a fun weekend to have it. Nice. And we did a group costume. We were pink ladies because I love Greece, and I. How do you love the rapiest? One of the rapiest <sighs> movies of all time. <sighs> okay. Okay. We just talked about women empowerment. Okay. And then there's like it's like me saying, hey, okay. I, I'm really I'm, I have a daughter. 
I am so proud. I want her to be amazing. My favorite movie is Porky's. Okay, let me... Okay, no, 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 no. Porky's is different. Okay, okay, okay. Which part of Grease do you find so rapey? Is it the uh, song? The, well, the song is one for did sure. Did she put up a fight? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That is one line in a two and a half hour, in a two plus hour movie. One line. Not even said by a main character. It does, but it's, it sets that that is the song for the movie. That's the tone for the whole, like that sets the whole thing. Like then how, how they get together. I mean, it sets the whole tone for this movie that song does i i disagree i feel like it's just a small little blip into it but it kind of just reflects at the time how blurred ideas about consent were and that's kind of gross and i mean also too i mean there's also like you know it's a movie set in the 50s there's no black people in it there's all kinds of problems but man do the songs i'm glad you brought the second thing the song slap the costumes (laughs) cute rizzo iconic all right, you can't like the pink ladies were bad bitches, and so that was the element. We were a little girl gang, but we were pink ladies, so everyone wore matching satin jackets. Pink oh. ladies. My sisters, my sisters who are my mother, my maid of honors, <laughs> they took it way serious, and they got these like embroidered M O H crew tags on there with their names now, do they on still, it. When they see you, do they still wear them. What? Do they still wear them? No. How the fuck do you not still wear them? I had a white one that said bride and it was embroidered. So like we were like we were so coordinated. We were I so would, cute. How do you not wear that downtown like, sometimes just to get a free cocktail? You're like, bum, bride. I should. I wore it every day of our honeymoon 100%. and I got free a bit. Like, exactly. It was so funny because we just took over every bar we were in. It was just all about us. And it was so funny because we were at Plush, which I know has like a douchey reputation now. Um, and, I don't even know what Plush is. Uh, Plush? Plush or maybe I'm saying the name wrong. Um, it's one that's like. You're talking about West Six, that champagne bar? Yeah, it's like a pink sign, and they have those like. Yeah, Dirty Bills has a sign in their bar that says, if you need to shit, go here. <laughs> and it's um, Pop. Pop! That's where we're at. Champagne we're at Pop. Yeah. Yes. So I love champagne. We're oh, having a good wow. time. And these this other sad little bachelorette with three women walks in and they're all dressed as like different Madonnas. And my cousin had had a little bit to drink and she's like kind of the feisty one of the group. She's also the smallest, which is great. The smallest person is always the one who wants to always fight. The she goes, Y'all need to go. Y'all this is no, sorry. There's only one you tonight. Didn't, you didn't want to bring them in Listen, you shit little Madonnas. Let me show you. This is how a bash party should be run. Who who set you motherfuckers up? You did? F for failure. F for, for effort. F for Fs. Oh man, it was it was so fun. I, I I had I had the best batch. Um, but this scene is really great because this is where they're about to get taken off the plane. Have you ever been kicked off a plane? No, no, thank God. How that often? would end my career. I no. wouldn't be able to get around. So, have you been kicked off a plane? You say it so no, casually. I'm an adult. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, you would end up on a no fly list, and then like I wouldn't be able to no, get on the you, road you anymore. Get, you get Greyhound. <laughs> it's fantastic. I don't know if you've seen the new Greyhounds. That new Greyhound that drives to Dallas that has the Wi-Fi and the drink cart. And you just get free cocktails and go up to Dallas. Because I just show up to Dallas all fucking, the time. I'm not doing a fucking bus to Dallas. I don't do... Listen, my parents scarred me with buses when, I, when they tried to get rid of me when I was 10. We lived in northwest Montana. My grandparents lived across the Continental Divide in a little town called Townsend. Mm-hmm. They're like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to send you to see Grandma and Grandpa in a bus. Damn. This is in the 80s. This is in the 80s when buses were just buses. I mean, it was just, it's no joke. And there were two different bus stop transitions that, we, that I had to do. Mm-hmm. So I was going in buses with psychos, people that couldn't get on planes, Ooh. and hanging out. And my parents were like, you made it to grandma's? I'm like, I'm at grandma's. They're like, okay, well, can't wait for you to take the bus back. 
Like, oh, you made it all the way back home? Fuck, we got to feed him again. <laughs> my parents have tried to get rid of me so many times. And then as, as a birthday gift this year, they're like, hey, just in case, here's a 23 and me so you can know about you know, who you are. Like, You're my goddamn parents. They're like, yeah, I mean, maybe not. I don't like to try to tell me at 45 I'm adopted. But they're just like, here's a 23 and me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, I, I was a fat kid. They were just like tired of feeding me. We were poor. They're like, you know. A block of Elvita only lasts two days in this house. Damn, a block monster. of Elvita. I remember microwaving that with a can of Wolf Brand chili, calling it yep. queso. Gro- yep. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I was lower middle class. Don't get it Ooh. twisted. I love this, by the way. Now, Melissa McCarthy is Melissa trying to McCarthy. seduce what's-his-face who plays her, who is... Her husband. <laughs> She's very flexible for a, a, a larger-body person. She is. She has that leg all the way up. What do you think of that Kango hat? I mean, <laughs> Sam Jackson made him popular. I love it. She's dressed like LL Cool J on this flight with pearls. It's like she so is. funny to me. She's like if LL Cool J, you know, was a janitor at your school. I love these two. These uh, So Ellie Kemper and... And the gal from Goldberg's, the mom from the Goldberg's. They're getting wasted on this plane. And now, do you like to drink on planes? So, okay, I told, I don't be flying luxuries. Last time, oh my God, I did, I did. Does Spirit Airlines serve anything on planes? Yes, but it's like way overpriced. I asked for water with lemon and they, cause they were, I thought, I figured it'd be complimentary. No, 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 no. First of all. $22.95, got to cut that lemon. It was like $1.25 and the lemon was actually like a packet of lemon flavored Kool-Aid that you added to it. Nope. <laughs> and I was like, you're nope. out your mind. I paid $1.25 for like astronaut drink. So it was disgusting. Um, Last time I flew Southwest, free cocktails. Two things happened. Mm. One, helped a lady with her bag. All these other dudes are standing around like, ma'am, I got this for you. Don't worry about it. Didn't expect a free cocktail. Just stewardess saw it. Young lady was very nice. Bought me a drink. Stewardess, I'll buy you a drink. And then two, well, there's an older stewardess, I mean, on her last leg, barely walking. And I go, did you hear that? She goes, what? And I'm in one of the exit rows. I'm like, you didn't hear that? She goes, no. I'm like, boop, boop, boop. That's the pretty lady alert. <laughs> and she was just like, will you help me do my things? I can't hold them. And I was like, sure. So I'm holding all her shit as she's like doing the, the oxygen mask and the seatbelt. I'm holding all of it. And I joke around and I'm standing there. I mean, she doesn't know my day rate. <laughs> and she goes, sure I do. I know your day rate. Your day rate is free cocktails. <laughs> I was like, that's a good day rate. <laughs> I had nine beers on a flight back from L.A. to Austin. Took an Uber home. I have drank one time on a flight, and it was when one we went time? to... One time? because I'm cheap. I always fly really cheap. But when we went for my sister's bachelorette in Vegas, like, we pulled out all the stops. We flew Virgin, and, like, uh, they did. They had, like, champagne and stuff on the flight. So that was nice. But usually I fly so cheap. I haven't had, like, the, like you know, the nice experience yet. So I need to have a nice flight experience one time in my life at least. Like our honeymoon, God, we flew at five o'clock in the morning on JetBlue. It was at ter- Disney though. We had a great time when we were at Disney, but getting there was rough. <laughs> like, See, my, my, I, I look at the airport. By the way, you can get tanked at Disney. I know you like to drink. So there's a thing. Co- yeah, Epcot. When I went to Disneyland with my daughter. No. Not one goddamn cocktail. Disney World is way better than Disneyland. Dry. It's like a bunch of Mormons run that no, place. No, 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 no. Disneyland is terrible. Disney World, they have Epcot, which is like the whole theme of it is visiting the whole world. So you can do drinking around the world. When we were on our, our honeymoon, there was this bachelor party that was like just a bunch of broy straight dudes. And they had on matching tank tops. And they were drinking around the world. And we just had started at the same time as them. So we basically followed this bachelor 
bachelor party and we're like let's get beer in germany let's get margaritas in mexico let's get i threw up let's get wine in italy super racist i'm just okay how it's categorized poor germans they're like well, they also had pretzels. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. No, but each, each that's the theme. Dog? That's the theme. It's each, each country theme is like whatever their like preferred alcohol or not preferred, but their most known for alcohol is. So Based on white people judging them. Maybe. Well, probably. you are margaritas. The Mexicans are like, it's called mezcal. It's a little darker. So it's got a different flavor to it. Oh, they had lots of other options. I just went with stuff I'd heard of before in the attempt not to get sick, and I still threw up. You still threw up? Yeah. Uh, are it, you a, are you a uh, hangover person? I'm starting to drink? get them. Oh, yeah. No, I drink. I okay. totally... I just have to work today. <laughs> just, I have to work today, too. I have this Nine thing. things I have to do. I am not really a good functional drinker, so the way I work is like, I drink when I can drink. So okay. when I don't have anywhere to be, when I'm not driving, when I'm not on a show, I turn up. But then I just don't drink at all any other time. See, like I used to speak at a lot of events here in Austin, tech startup events. But I mean, and listen, Austin, Texas, you have blackballed me and that's okay. Because I would show up on stage with a beer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> South by events. Are you really blackballed? Like you can't like get booked for like, things I don't, I don't, They don't, they don't add, they will, I will have people be like, hey, I really need your help with this. I'm like, Sure. Like, when do you want me to show up? They're like, no, no, no. Listen, I'm going to speak. But <laughs> I want the knowledge you have without the cocktails that you bring. Oh. And I'm just like, I'm not drunk on stage. I just, I tried to bring an environment. I had learned this years ago. So I was a pastoral ministries major in college. Mm-hmm. You do have a youth pastor vibe about you. Oh, Did you want to sit backwards in that chair and you changed your mind? What are you talking about? The youth pastors always sit backwards in chairs. That's like... Oh, I've never done that before. I don't think I, I'm <laughs> not flexible like the, enough. That's like I think, I think I'd bro- blow up my hips trying to wrap around these. I'm kidding. That's just like a youth pastor like, hey, guys, I'm cool. And they sit backwards in the chair. There hey, you go. Jesus. Turn your hat around. There you go. There you go. See? Rap to me a little bit. Let wow, me that tell you wide. about <laughs> Jesus. You're going to split those pants. I'm going to. Listen. No camel toe here. <laughs> I've got it spread way too broad. Uh, no. Um, I was, but I was, a, I was trying to be one. And I remember I saw this guy speak. And, you know, they get up there. They get the pulpit. They got the microphone. They're like, talking down to people. And I'm like, easy, Hitler. Calm down mm-hmm. with your fucking rhetoric. So I get up there next Sunday. And I grab the podium. And I undo the mic, and I move the podium, and I sit down. And I'm eye level with everyone, and I start talking to them. Mm-hmm. And there's a thing that you can do. And I'm like, I made him cry, and I made him laugh. And I made him cry, and I made him laugh again. Mm-hmm. I did it four or five times. Mm-hmm. We get done, and the guy's like, hey, that was a really good sermon. Uh, what made you think about that? I'm like, good sermon? What the, what? Bro, did you see how I made him laugh and then made him cry? Do you know that swing of emotion, how hard that is to do? And I did it four or five times. I mean, I had people bawling their eyes out and then laughing. See that offering plate? We were calmed down with message. Message was, I'm awesome. And he's like, never become a pastor. Yeah, I was about to say that. I was like, oh, you're sure much more self-interested. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, you're in, like, I'm so- <laughs> I, one of my favorite pastors that I see back in Dallas, he, has, he starts every sermon with... Um, uh, he's like, he asked God to reduce him and to magnify his word because you don't want, like a, a good pastor should want people to feel more connected to God and not more connected to the pastor. By the Does way, Joel Osteen know that? No. <laughs> By the way, do you watch the Righteous Gemstones? 
No, I don't know what that is. I love it. It's a show on HBO about this like pastoral kingdom, basically like a Joel Olstein like person. Oh, Jesus. And his three sons that are like idiots, and they're just like corrupted by all the money. Mm-hmm. And there's like the this, private jets. Yes, they have tons of money, and they. At their core, they believe they're doing the right thing, but they're completely corrupted by money, and it's so funny. It's got Adam Devine in it, and it's got um, Danny McBride. Oh, Danny McBride's the best. And like the, the Dan from Roseanne. Why can't I think of his name? No, oh, don't get me on names again. Remember. Ah, but people are gonna hate me when they listen to this because that's my pet peeve is when someone can't remember something I know. They're in the car just screaming. Yes. It's. it's- Sam Donaldson. But yeah, it's just, it's so funny. And it's about a corrupted uh, pastoral, pastoral, that's probably not even the right word. That's probably talking about pastor, like the food. But yes, um, it's um, just about this corrupted family. And it's really good. So back to the movie. Where the are movie. we? So we're at the movie. Um, he is, he is oh. doing, so here's, now, have you had this, the overzealous? I consider him the overzealous guy. They have sex that night. She wakes up the next morning. He's already up. He's French-pressed coffee. He's like, I thought we'd make eggs together. My husband was this guy. Your husband was this guy. Was so, this guy. So you married this guy. He, he planned, like, the, the, the after the first time we had sex, he planned, like, the whole next day of activities together. Assuming you had nothing to do. And I had to work. And I called in sick. And I'm really glad. Wow. And we walked around Denton, which is, like, a small town around DFW, and... We went to his favorite comic book store and we went to this candy store that was next to him. He bought me like $20 worth of jelly beans. Um, just like being really cute. And I am so glad. Because I, I don't have that job anymore. Yeah. But I still have that man. Like it just, you know, it was one random Saturday. I'm glad I took that day off and just like got to be with him. But like we had like known each other for a like, year. I'm calling in sick of being sick of work. <laughs> <laughs> But we had known each other really like a long time and it was like one of those things that was a little scary because it was like you can't date someone casually when they've been your friend. You know them too well. So it's like if you go into dating them, you're already serious, which is a little scary because I had never been really serious yeah. with anybody. So You're just booking the love boat and just getting it done. But uh, I love that scene though. It makes me sad when he tries to get her to bake. But it was to me a huge overstep because I don't think he understood like how baking was like this like chip on her shoulder because it was her business and then it failed. Yep. I feel like he did like he went he overstepped big time. So I think I think Annie that's finally yeah, remember yeah. Kristen Wiig's characters. I think she had every right to be annoyed by that. Do you think she had every right or what do you think? No, I mean, listen. I think that as an adult you have you have options in life. You have options to carry baggage. Mm-hmm. You have options to not carry it. And you know, I, I, I talk to people about this all the time. They're like, oh, well, you know, this happened. I'm like, I mean, we can all share shitty stories about what happened to us in life. We can all carry that baggage. Or you can figure out when, where, and how you want to let that go. I'm not saying you have to let it go all the time. But you got a nice guy in there, and he's like, I thought we'd make a cake or do this together. You have an option. You can be like, you know what, fuck you. My business failed. I can't believe you're fucking talking to me about this shit. I'm out, and you leave. Or, or you can be an adult and be like, you know what? He's not asking me to start my business. He's trying to have fun with me. And then let's make it fun. And then make his goddamn face on a cake or do something. But have fun with it. I mean, you have options. I oh, love I this, this fucking part. part. The invitation to the bridal shower arrives, and is, it is so extra. There's a butterfly that flies out. Oh, uh, it's just so. See, and I hate extra so. I mean, I'm such an extra person, and I hate extra so much. Look at this. The phone number. What if we dial that phone number right now? What will we get? I don't know. 
1017. Yeah. Is that what it is? Let's see here. All right, so we have 312-555. By the way, I had my... 017? It was 555 1017. 1017. Yes. Well, it's 555, so no one should answer, right? Yeah, it was 312. Well, it's 555, so no one should answer, right? Yeah, it was 312. So, like, I I spent so much on invitations because I wanted to have nice ones. And then there was a misprint on the time, and I couldn't get them redone. So I just had to order a whole other set of invitations. Jesus. So it was very annoying. But they were beautiful, and I like looking at them. But, yeah, no. My, my, our invitations were an email. I figured you were going to say something a, like that. To a, like a GoFundMe, but it was just for getting married. And I was like, would you like to sponsor my elephant riding? Mm-hmm. Oh, you're not invited. So would you like to sponsor my tiger? See, I think that's tacky as fuck, no offense. <laughs> yeah. If someone asks me to give them a gift to some shit I'm not invited to, yeah, you are 100%. getting nothing. Oh, bullshit. You are I getting so, nothing. I got like 10 grand and shit. Uh, I, was like, I was like, listen, uh, did you come to Austin for the party weekend? You didn't? Uh, you're fucking bad. I was paying. Now <laughs> I'm asking you to pay for part of my honeymoon. Would you like to upgrade me to first class? We I did... Have, um, we did a honey fund, though, where people could give yeah, us that's money that's instead that's of gifts. Yeah, and we use that for the honeymoon. But we, of course, you know, I went cheap on transportation so we could have more fun at Disneyland. Disney World, World, Disney World. So it was amazing. <laughs> See, we did, when we went to Thailand, my wife was like, hey, uh, let's go walk in the tigers, the big tiger thing. And there's like little Thai guys, tigers looking at me, and they're like, that's a meal. They're looking at the little Thai guys, God, that's an appetizer. And he's got a little stick, and he's like, psst, psst. He's like hitting the tiger when it does something wrong. I was like, don't piss it off. So I ask a very fair, well, I think a very fair question. I'm like, hey, like, you should come in. You can see the tigers, do all this. When were the last time the tigers fed? And the guy's like, <laughs> I was like, no, when was the last time the tigers were fed? He's like, <laughs> you're fine. I was like, not a good answer, honey. We're not going in the tiger thing. Because I don't know when the last time the tigers were fed. And I'm a 220-pound Full meal deal for a tiger. How many stories of, pe- of tigers eating people are there? There's a 12-page disclaimer thing that you have to sign before you walk in to see those tigers and get your picture taken with one. And it's got a goddamn kid's bike lock around its paw. Like, it can't get up. It's like, Meh, break it. <laughs> it's like, meow. You're like, no. It's purring real loud, looking at, looking at my wife like she's a twig. Like, oh, floss with her. Mm-hmm. I'm going to eat him. <laughs> it's like, no. And then we're walking out. She's a little disappointed. <laughs> and this fucking guy's like, just this huge male tiger is walking. And this guy just walks me. I was like, look, I got a tiger by the tail. <laughs> and the, 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 the Thai guy psh, hits him. And he's like, eh, don't, don't grab the tiger by the tail. <laughs> Why the fuck do you have to tell people not to grab a tiger by the tail? It's a wild 800-pound cat. You have to tell people anything, though. You have to tell whatever. Like, that's why labels say, like, when you see a commercial for a prescription, they say, do not take such and such if you're allergic to such and such. Right. You have to tell people everything. By the wall of society. Here's my other, other favorite part. So we're getting to the bridal shower. And Annie, by the way, she just got kicked out of her apartment. She just lost her job. She is hitting rock bottom. So this could not come at a worse time. But her car fits the environment. 
It's no, it does not, obviously. Uh, <laughs> and what I love about this, she looks beautiful, though. And what I she does. What I relate to here is the fact that like sometimes someone else's joy can come in a part in your life where you're not ready to receive it. So like she's going through so much, and her best friend is going is like everything's going good for her best friend. Sure. So even though she loves her friend, it makes her feel kind of shitty. I had a similar situation where a bridesmaid ended up quitting my wedding, and she was going through this whole transitional period with change of jobs and quitting her job, and uh, you know. She was very funny because she would get kind of bitter about money and be like, well, it's not that I don't have the money for that. I just don't want to waste my money on that. Like, so, I'm, so you're saying you think my wedding is a waste of money. Sure. Yeah, and that was her opinion. I was like, it just means that you don't, like, what do you want? Do you want to be part of this or not? And we ended up, we ended up having this, like, blow-up fight about her not wanting to wear a bra on the wedding day. And I was just like, just fucking... Just, just wear a pasties. Just, just wear something. It's, it's gonna be cold. Just wear a bra. And we ended up quitting the wedding over that. We're still she's friends like, though. She's like, listen, my nipples take men's contact lenses out for the safety of their eyes. It's just so funny because she's Not like covering them up. She would wear like bras and stuff to work in like a formal setting. I'm like, so you do understand when things are appropriate and when they're not. You she just want to fuck wear with a me. Bra at your wedding. Yeah, because she, she just wanted, wanted to, the sweater kittens just to run free. She just wanted to, a little bit. She wanted to fuck with me because she was in a weird place, and I get it now. You know what I mean? So I watching this now as a bride, I get where Annie was at. You know, but at the time, I remember thinking this is so funny, and now I'm like, God, I would have beat her ass. Like. <laughs> Is it a weird thing that my mentality through all these things is you just drink your way through it? Yeah. Just take no, some drugs? You might need help, dude. Like, I'm, just like, <laughs> I'm kind of like ignoring your comments about alcohol because I'm like, why. this person genuinely needs help. And I wish Why you do you think best. I need help? Matt, can, Matt, producer Matt, can I have one more beer? Thank you, sir. <laughs> what a time to want a beer, too. I know. I, just, I, I, I believe in the, the and we, we've talked about this before, but I'll just let you know. My, my fundamental belief on taking drugs is never take a drug ever. That might cause you to suck someone's dick to get more drugs. Okay. So marijuana, like, do you want it? Do you want a little bit more? Or you? Uh, no, no more coffee. My stomach's acting weird. So never, never, um, never, ever, ever do drugs. But if you need more, you've got to suck dick to do it. So no one sucks dick for marijuana. Mm-hmm. No one sucks dick for mushrooms. Mm-hmm. No one sucks dick for acid. Okay. Now what you do on those drugs, different scenario, and you got to mind your p's and q's and be good. But Listen, man, once a month, take a little piece of paper, put it on your tongue, go for a ride, have a good time, write some stories down, have some fun. Once a week, maybe uh, you, you have a little mushroom. And then if you need to some sleeping aid, you can take Tylenol PM. It fucks with your gut biome. It really messes with the ecosystem. Or you take something natural, like a little, little marijuana plant, pop one of those, go to sleep, lights out. Just don't let your kid crawl up from the end of the bed with her hair down and dark eyes with weird lighting go... Dad, because you wake up and scream like a bitch. <laughs> well, to each their own. I like I'm one of those people who are kind of like more into like let's let's legalize it, let's make it this way. For me personally, I don't partake because I just don't feel comfortable doing something that's against the law. There are harsher punishments for people in different situations, and I don't want to put myself in a position where I so could if you be were arrested. in California, though. Yeah, maybe I would. But I don't do it in Austin. I don't do it. I don't do it where it's not legal. And it's just like it's not a habit. Like I'm 30. I haven't. I haven't done drugs yet, so I'm probably not going to pick them up. I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. Um, I see. See, a, I never did drugs till I was in my 40s. Really? How yep. old are you now? 45. Okay. So you like, just started doing drugs. That's why you're so like you're so like hard no, up about it's it. All, it's like, I think it's more like I just there was there was on the psychedelic side of things, not on the um, hard.
taken from her. And she starts yelling and she's like, <laughs> where she goes oh I bet you guys have so much fun and you probably bleach your assholes together and Lillian aka Maya Rudolph puts up with it but like she's about to pop the fuck off I forget when I think it's no I know okay she goes to destroy that thing she goes to destroy that giant cookie because first of all that's a stupid idea for a dessert because what are a bunch of women supposed to take bites of the same cookie that's stupid that was stupid so she's just like (laughs) destroying the cookie kicking it in Lillian and Doug I love that she's smiling oh god oh god oh god the cookie just looks enormous and there's a giant chocolate fountain this is so stupid it's just illogical the chocolate fountain is disgusting to me yeah conceptually they're pretty dumb um, it's just gross. Oh my god, this whole Parisian theme, and then actually takes oh. her to Paris. It's just so much. So Rose is just like staring at her, like, "What are you even doing?" What are you th- just throwing everything in the fountain? And only the top of the fountain's really running. Oh, like, uh, she's trying to push it over. Fuck this noise! How? I and mean, she's just such a great performer. I have no doubt she made this up and around. All right, Maya is ready to lose her shit. She comes running out. What the fuck? What the fuck are you doing, Annie? And she's like, "Who's this bitch?" I and thought we were best friends. I know. And she's all upset. And here's my part because Maya's like, I love my bleached asshole. It's perfect. <laughs> like she's like, oh. she's like, I've changed. My life is better. Get over it. I have bleached my asshole money. And that's basically what she's saying. And it's just so funny to see this like crackdown. But this happens all the time with bachelorettes because the the friend from childhood does not like the friend from adulthood because a lot of times they represent different places in life sure. and it's this this, this clash of <laughs> I'm always the escape friend. Yeah. I'm the friend where people are like Oh, well, you know, I've been with my wife and at home the last three weekends. Mm-hmm. I should call Jason. <laughs> and I, but, I, but I don't go downtown. Like, I really don't. I mean, I come downtown once a week to Dive Bar to the podcast, but I really don't come downtown. Yeah. There's others. I'm more of, I'm more of like, you want to you hang out and have a good time? Fine. Come to my house. Got a back patio. I got a plasma outside. We'll sit down, we'll hang out, we'll have a good time. Should she get a puppy? Yes, the party favor is a, a puppy, puppy with a beret. How would you give a living thing as a party favor? I'm going to start sending you dogs. I think it'll be great. Just, oh, God. Just, Please just don't. Lots of dogs. Please Puppies, don't. though. They just have that runny shit, that hard-to-clean shit. Oh. They got to throw up everywhere because their dogs just piss everywhere. Oh, my God. This is going to be one of like those like episodes that really grosses people out. They're just like, <laughs> they're just, God, they're talking about shit and throw up so much. Oh, Melissa McCarthy, Pearl Necklace. Just coming in strong. I love that she's on a pearl necklace with like. I love that the she most... took all the puppies. Yeah, she takes like six with her. Yeah, she's oh. great. What um? There's oh, Melissa oh, McCarthy. Sorry. Look at her. There's you can burp on this thing. We can cuss oh, and burp. Sorry. Do you um? Do you miss real vans? I mean, the minivan kind of stole the thunder of the real van. Yeah, my mom had a real van when I was a kid. Yeah. Oh. Oh. You've you've had a couple of those happen. Too. Yeah. And then look at this asshole. Yeah, I got driving away. I got rear-ended going sixty in a sixty mile per hour. Like, what? and I was, and I always drive on the right. I go the speed limit. I drive on the right. That way, people can pass me. Sure. And they still like. I hate people who like the left will be open and they will run up as fast as they can behind you and then switch last lanes at the last second. Yep. I don't understand. It's like I'm the left lane is for passing. Pass me. I understand that it's annoying that I drive the speed limit, but that's why I'm in the right lane, letting you have all this left. At least you're nice about <laughs> driving in the right lane. No, I hate when people drive under the speed limit in the left lane. It's like you're asking you're, you're asking to get in accidents. Um, but yeah, so that accident was not fun. Um, no, it doesn't. Look at the porcupine. Oh, just God. like I popped all your tires. 
Yeah, so um, we're at the part where um, Annie, Kristen Wiig's character, Annie got rear-ended, and she calls for help. And what is this cute cop guy's name? I, for, I don't know. I mean, you know, I find it interesting, right? The um, I, f- I find this part fascinating because it very rarely happens that on guys or girls, mm-hmm. that um, men or women, that they... Um, that the other person waits, yeah. right? So it's like, oh, I fucked this up. Like, I remember when I first moved out here, I'd asked this girl out. We had known each other a bit. Very, very pretty lady. And we met for a cocktail real quick. She's like, oh, you know, I got other things I have to do. Mm-hmm. And then she texted me and she's like, you know what? I really fucked up. You're a great guy. I would love to uh, go out again, please. I'm really sorry. And I'm like, I live in Austin, Texas now. And her last text me was, fuck. Mm. And then she's like, well, I'm going to delete your number. And I was like, I mean, we're still friends. That's very final. I love that. Yeah, she's very final. But it's a weird, I mean, like, the movies have it. And I think probably the movies, there was a whole documentary in the Sled Lost South by about the movies creating an environment or an idea that's, that just doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And I think this is one of those ideas, one of those environments where it's like, okay, he's going to be really sweet. I'm going to shit on him. Or she's going to be really sweet. I'm going to shit on her. Whatever the scenario is, oh, and then at the very end, we're going to find it and we're going to make it work. And I guess it's more like, well, why do we have to have the shit on part? Yeah, I hate that. You know, I mean, why do we have to have the, I mean, she blew up at him, you know, and then it's just, it's one of those weird things where he's just like, and then I got to wear you down. Mm-hmm. So I got to be like, oh, I know I was horrible to you, but I'm going to be really nice. And I'm going to, oh, there's John M. I'm going to drop off this for you and I'm going to do this for you. And it's like, no, no, I got to wear you down versus... There was a chemistry there at the beginning. Why? I, you know what's funny is it's like you make a great point. I think we're kind of conditioned to believe that that's how things are supposed to work. It's supposed to be this back and forth and things are supposed to be harder than they have to be. And so sometimes, and this is what I hate, to be defensive and to not seem too desperate, you have to play games. You have to yep. like have your guard up. Like I... I uh, you know you have you have to, and so it happens like everybody's playing games with everybody, and nobody wants to just be honest up front and say, "Hey, I like you. I want to spend time with you." And that's the it's it's so much back and forth. And I wish I had the like my husband and I we didn't work that way at all, which was scary for me. I was like I. He's like, here's a twenty dollar bag of jelly beans. I like you. <laughs> like we, you can't leave. It was just so. Have you seen misery? <laughs> He wasn't like slingy, <laughs> but it was like just someone being that forthright. Like, like literally, we were hanging out at a bar, a bunch of comedians, everybody's chilling. My friend Rachel goes, "You two are annoying because y'all like each other, but you won't admit it." And I was like, <laughs> "What?" And he was like, "I kind of do like you." And I was like, "Really? I, I like you too." He's like, "What are you doing tomorrow?" And I was like, "What?" You know what I mean? Whoa. Like tomorrow? But then I went, and then like in the middle of the first date, he's like, "What are you doing tomorrow?" And then what are you doing tomorrow? Just kept going. Like, what are you doing for the rest of your life? You know what I mean? And I, like, there'd be points where I'd be like, this is not normal. You're supposed to have that period where you call your friend and go, I'm not sure if he likes me. You know, I never had that. I never had that. And that was just like, I got so used to thinking dysfunction and, and game playing and feeling feeling like a little bit of neglect was just kind of the norm. Like, guys just do that, you know? And I... 
Because I had so many guys in my life who'd be like, oh, I really like you. It's just blah, 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 blah. And it's like, no, if you really like someone, the blah, blah, blah just don't matter. It doesn't matter. You find a way. You're busy. You find a way. You find a way for anything you really want. I had my wife cancel her Valentine's Day plans. So we had met a couple weeks before Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. And then... I was like, hey, what are you doing on Valentine's Day? And she's an attractive lady. She's like, I already, I have a date. I'm sorry. I'm like, that's fine. And then I drove down to her house that afternoon when she was away at work. And I dropped in her mailbox cookies and a card and wine. I'm like, homemade cookies. And I am, listen, I will brag about this. I'm an excellent dessert chef. Okay. I was a dessert chef at a restaurant. Really? I make some murder row cookies. I also do a bourbon pecan pie with a cinnamon roll crust. Ooh. Yeah, no, no. Fancy no, stuff. No, no, no. Fancy stuff. And I dropped that off. And I was like, enjoy your date tonight. I'll be thinking about you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, so. And her thing was, oh, you're not offended. I'm like, no, I'm way too arrogant to be offended. I love, that's so audacious. <laughs> but I love that so much. Because it's like you got the point across. Funny story, funny story about the whole like canceling dates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I... Halloween of that same year, I was on a date with this guy, and he's, like, super hot. Like, my husband's good looking, but this guy was hot. And he invites me to a Halloween party at his house. He has some roommates. They live in a house together. I'm, like, I'm not clingy, so I'll mingle. I'll meet new people. I always sure. connect with girls. Like, oh, cool, nice to meet you. I start talking to this girl. She's like, yeah, this guy I'm dating is throwing the party, so that's why I'm here. I'm like, oh, who are you dating? James? Oh, I'm, I went on a date with James yesterday. I'm dating James. What? And this girl overhears us, oh, and she's also dating James. Sweet. So James invites three girls he's, like, talking to, trying to fuck, like, all three I mean, of us. James has been listening. We've been reading those penthouse forum letters where he's just like, there I was <laughs> at home by myself. And then my girlfriend called, and then another girlfriend texted, and then another girlfriend FaceTimed. I was like, why don't you all three come over? And they all did in lingerie. And then we went bowling. And like we all, this is so sad. We were all dressed as like varying X Men characters because like that's what oh, he suggested. James, I was Storm. God damn it, James is trying like, to get a foursome. I had this like leather corset situation on. Like, anyways, I'm pissed. I leave. I'm like, don't ever talk to me again. It's fine. I'm 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 the least senior girl, by the way. I hadn't slept with him yet, and I'd only been on one date with him. Um, months later, he's trying to get back in my good graces, and he asked me out. And like Alex and I, our first date was January 11th, and I had told James that I could have I could have dinner with him the next night. And I texted him and was just like, "I'm sorry, I'm not really interested yeah. in seeing you any further." Are you bringing the other ex people in? <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't, bro. I think you're bringing the other two ladies who I like. So now that if you're buying all of us dinner, I'm in. <laughs> Otherwise, because I need to get those ladies' phone numbers, we're gonna start a thing. <laughs> Not a James support group. No, fuck you. We're just we're just having a fun thing. And it's like it's okay to date around, but don't be sloppy. Be respectful of people's time. You know. Now that all makes sense until the number one rated show on ABC comes on twice a year. Bachelor? Are we talking about Bachelor? Yeah. No. Okay, but here's the thing: women on the Bachelor know they're competing. I didn't know I was competing. That's How not do fair. I know you're competing. He's a handsome gentleman, not married. Well, I'm a, I'm a beautiful woman. I know. He's competing for you, obviously. No, but there's a difference. There's respectfulness. Okay. Inviting me to a party that two other girls that you invited, you know what I mean? Like, just, like, constantly, that's the thing it's dating. And I, I blame Tinder. I blame, I don't even know half the apps now. But, like, this is the idea that there's always something else. There's always someone else. And so everyone thinks they need to just play their odds. This is not applying for jobs. You don't, like, put interest into someone. And then when you decide you are not interested in someone, close no, that door and go open another door. Don't you think The Bachelor, though, fuels that? We don't have to close that door because he, I mean, the guy or the gal 
are looking at however many people start. And it's like, you, I'm going to keep you. I'm going to keep you. I'm going to keep you. Want to hear something hilarious? Yeah, please. I've never seen an episode of The Bachelor, but I have seen every episode of Flavor of Love and, and of Rock of Love. Flavor, Flavor of Love, I love New is, a little, is a little more realistic <laughs> than any of The Bachelor scenes. Because those women fight. I they loved are. it. Oh, Season yeah, one. The, who's, who's the, there was the basketball girl in Flavor of Love. There was this cute little gal. Hoops, Hoops was her name. Did she end up hooking up a Shaq? Yes. 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 God damn, I, I think, know my I think she messed season. up like Shaq's marriage. Like he was married at the time, but then like, yeah. Oh, man, man, man. Flavor of Love. Classic fights. I mean, when Flavor Pumpkin of love spit and, uh, on... The the uh, the white rock and roll guy, Brett uh, Brett, Brett Michaels. Ho- yeah, that that guy. Yeah, rock a love. Rock a love. Those ladies. Hey, go ahead and hide the meth pipe before you shoot this next scene. They were nuts. They were nuts and nasty as fuck. They I, were crazy. Re- I love reality TV. I would never do it, but I love it. Now here's a question for you. Um, can we pause and I go to the bathroom? You can go to the bathroom. I'll just talk. Okay. Okay. Sorry. We got someone with a small bladder. She's gonna take her phone and she's gonna upload some stuff on Instagram. Horrible things about us going on, folks. Here's the thing that that we're gonna talk about real quick, and I think this is very important. So, in this show right now, where we're at with bridesmaids, right? Kristen Wiig is she's she's baking some cake. She's trying to get her get her her life back together. And she's got all of these people around her and they love her to death and they think she's amazing. But one of the things you have to think about here is as a person, maybe you're this person, maybe you're this person's friend, but they, um, they have a talent and they're very, very talented. They do great stuff. Um, how do you encourage them to break out of that? How do you encourage them to get from a failure, a hiccup in the giddy-up, a trip, a fall, whatever it may be, and get them back in the game again. What do you do? I mean, she's doing it on a small scale. She's trying to win a guy back over in this push and take we've already talked about. But more importantly is instead of that, what else do you do? Like as a friend, when you know someone who is actually very good at something, very, very good at something, what do you, what do, you do to encourage them in growth. I mean, and if there's anything that bridesmaids could teach you out of anything is that one, a fight doesn't end a relationship. A, um, a fight doesn't end a friendship. It might put a pause on things, but if anything, it highlights more importantly about where you need to be as a friend in understanding and in helping someone grow. So I'm talking about this and I, and I want to ask your advice on this and your, your opinion on this because it's, I believe that comics are comics and musicians are in a rare space and, and comics in a more rare space because of the intimacy with the audience that says that that really says this oddly enough and we'll go back to your green room story it's like man I've never seen that and you cry in the green room <laughs> she's Kristen Wiig in this story she's she's really her situation is she's crying over the loss of, of her baker she's crying over the loss of her failure throughout this whole movie. Yeah. Well, she thinks she's failing at everything. She thinks she's failing at everything. And really, she's succeeding at everything. She's just, she doesn't see the success happening yet. She's, the roadblocks are there that are built for success. Some of the greatest failures build success. Mm-hmm. And as, as, as a comic, Come I believe, on, Tony I, Robbins. I, I believe you guys know that better than anyone else. And, you know, I, I believe that stand-up comics know failure builds success better than anyone else. 
working on a new set, working on a new joke. Working, I mean, you got to fail first because you can't do it by yourself. I mean, the beautiful thing about what Kristen Wiig does, she can make cakes and try it and be like, that tastes good and go give it away. Yeah. You can't sit at your home in front of your mirror and be like, blah, 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 blah. That's funny. I'm going to kill. Well, you do have the internet now. There are people who put up tons of videos and like, you know, like yeah, but that's the, not the, the internet is this cheat code no, where people get to think that they're so funny, but they just streamline out everything. How many, how many, how many comedy shows you've been to where they're like, and now YouTube sensation. Oh, and they're back. Dickie Dick is here. They're and then back. They bomb. And it doesn't because, matter because they get their phone out and they're like, hey guys, take a picture with me. And then they post, just killed it at the improv and they get booked again and again and again. And it, I try but, not to, I try not to think about those people too much. Um, but, but I bring all that up because... My point is, is that, and I guess for you to drop some knowledge is, it's not, I don't look at it as overcoming. Helen! I don't look at it as overcoming failure. I never see it. You're not overcoming failure. You're building towards something. Yes. Uh, I think she needed to like, sometimes to like, okay, so she was working at that jewelry store and living with those people and like, let's say, like, <laughs> the, but, yeah. God, get out. Like it's better to live in your car than with those two fucking knuckleheads. Yes. And it's like sometimes you can like, you can do something to get yourself by, but it becomes your whole life. Um, like, so if she kept working at the jewelry store, I think is like, you know, taking away time that she could have been spending on figuring out the next strategy for her bakery. Sure. Uh, you know, like for a little, like, you just kind of have to push. You have to, but it sucks. It sucks when you hit rock bottom. It sucks when a lot of things go wrong at once and it feels like you're just like at the end of the end of your rope. It sucks. I mean, after three months of this podcast, I had four listeners. And I'm on SoundCloud, and I was like, I'm literally talking to four fucking people. Is this on iTunes or Spotify or uh, something like that? iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Laughable. Laughable brought, picked us up uh, two months ago. Uh, what's the Laughable? Comedy, the Comedy Podcast Network. Oh! I was like, you I motherfuckers sh- think this is funny? <laughs> I should know. Well, a lot of the films you probably talk about are, oh my God, that's so funny. I should know what Laughable is. Um, but I did not until just now. So I Well, you're it. welcome. I'm here to help. <laughs> I'm here to do things. Uh, to drop some knowledge. This uh, this part is so dramatic and so silly when they lose Lillian for a day, and they like think this they is need- this is my this is the ripoff of this this one scene. Mm-hmm. No, if, I mean I believe everything else in this movie is great. This is the one scene that is the ripoff from the Ultimate Bachelor Party movie. Hangover. Yeah, this is the one scene where it's like we lost someone. Yeah, and I'm like you got you didn't have to do this. Like, you didn't have to do this part. Like, it would have been better to have her arch nemesis be the woman that helped her bring back the guy. Like that. And, and, and I'll tell How you. How did we get there? But, but, I'll t- but here, here's the thing. that, And this is why I don't think women get along as well as men do. I've said this a couple of times. And, I, and, I, and I'm a firm believer. No, I disagree. But go on. Here's, here's the thing. I'll let you finish and then I'll tell you okay. where you're wrong. Tell me where I'm wrong. But So... <laughs> Let's go down a road real quick. We're going to step back. We're going to, we're going to go down a weird road. I taught this class in college, so it's, it's not like a theoretical thing. It's a thing I taught. That doesn't make it right. It just gives a premise for where I'm speaking. Um, I, I told the class of mixed race, and I was like, I want you to think about the worst thing you can say to a female. Like, write down the worst words you can say. Now, write down every minority you can think of. Now, I want you to write down five horrible things you can say to that minority. And everyone's just like, hmm. what class was this? Rhetorical analysis. Okay. And I go, now, give it all to me. Is, what is rhetorical analysis? Is that like devil's advocate the, uh, bullshit? The methodologies and understanding by the, the words in which people are saying behind them. Okay. So then I wrote them down on the board. Mm-hmm. 
I said, now who wants to say any of these out loud? And everyone's just like, I'm so uncomfortable. I go, good, you should be. Now, here is where things get weird. Look at all those words. Look at the, the hate behind those words. Now, as an average white male, name one thing you can call me that carries the same weight as any of those words. And it's not about calling names. It's not about that. It's about the concept and the idea of this. When a group controls language. Yes. And then I'm giving you that language. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying, now use it, the language that I prefer to control. You use it. So language can never hurt me, but it can always hurt you. Mm -hmm. Now go and be friends with someone. Using my language that only me and my people use that make it work. <laughs> go ahead. And, and by the way, have constructive relationships based on a language now and explain a construct how does, that I own. How does that connect to your idea that men get along better with each other than women get along with because each other? Because women speak in, a, in men's language. So, when you have, so women size up women differently than men do. If you put two women in a bar next to one another... And they're different social economic classes. They're different across the board in every way, shape, or form. Where do you find their meeting point of what they talk about? It's a, it, you have to dig a little deeper. Now you put two men in a bar, different social economical backgrounds, anything. They can find a point to talk. Mm-hmm. Two white men. They can find a point to talk. <laughs> okay. And I, and I think it's a travesty. And it's, it's a big thing because if you look at technology and the way it's evolving and everything that's happening... You break that down, you look at it, and you go, oh, wait. The internet, the fighting. Well, who initially coded? Oh, average white dudes. Uh-huh. It, there, there's a breakdown. There's, there's, a, there, there's, there's, a, there's a communication breakdown because you're running it through one filter versus multiple filters. Now, I think that's slowly changing. Uh-huh. But generally speaking, when I'm asking women to get along and get along and communicate on the construct that's built on white men getting along who yeah. run language, that's sort of fucked up. Does that make sense? I get what you're saying. And okay. I, think, I think what you're saying definitely applies for like women, for example, who are in male-dominated environments. Like, uh, like situations where maybe they work in the same kind of job in like tech or comedy or like a male-dominated industry. However, to, your, to contrast what you're saying, and I think we're kind Please. of... I believe that women get along better than men because I believe that women's friendships are more, they're stronger. They're more important. They're more valid. No, and here's why. Please do. No, this, I love this shit. See, because. This is why, real quick. Folks, this is why I like smart people on the podcast that are smarter than me because they challenge my ideas and they come back with things and they shouldn't even know this, this was coming up. No. It's not like she gets for a list of questions. No. Fucking beautiful. All right. Here's the thing. Men tend to, tend to, keep in mind, there's always an exception, and I'm not saying I know everybody, but men tend to have more surface friendships. That's why there's less, when you say get along better, you yeah. mean they're able to be more cordial and have these surface, hi, how are you, blah, 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 hi. into You're this, fine. Get into on that. Young lady. But they're not really connecting. I know guys who, they, they, they don't call each other, they don't have these hour long conversations, they don't have these passionate friendships that feel like relationships that can change your life. She's panicking right now because she feels like their relationship is never going to be the same. I think women love each other more. They just they're more they're more capable because men have been conditioned conditioned to control their emotions so much that they don't really open up and love each other the same way that women love Ooh, each other. See, I agree with you 100 because I started things with my friends about 10 years ago where I do this. 
and pick it. So most of my friends get uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I got five that love it. But the 20, super uncomfortable. Get, with the, get done with the call? Love you. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, huh? Like, but I will say I love you to my friends all day long. However, then I, to your point, like I kind of know who my friends are mm-hmm. and who my people that like to party with me are. Yeah. Because it's like, love you, man. Love you too, brother, man. Can't wait to see you again. Friend. Yeah. Hey, love you. Bye. Like they get- <laughs> <laughs> They're just, and they have more surface relationships. And what I think is really stressful and sucks about het, het, cis-het relationships a lot is a lot of men, they have no emotional outlet. They have no one they can talk to, no one they can turn to. So when something bad happens in their life, they are all on their woman like white on rice. And they're just putting all of this weight on the woman. And because they don't, they didn't build any real other relationships. You know what I mean? You go from depending on your mom to depending on your girlfriend to depending on your wife. And you don't learn to depend on each other. And so whereas women build each other up. So it's like if something bad happens to me, I have 12 people I can call right now. You know what I mean? I have a network. My husband's in that network. But he's not the whole network. And then a lot of men, like, refuse to get therapy. So they're just, and that's why men kill themselves more. It is. Men, like, like women are more likely, like. like I thought it was just because you ladies were more stubborn. No. <laughs> no, it's because we, like, we have more of a support group. We feel more like if, if something happened to me, more people would care. When a man's going through something, he, like, either, either, either puts it all on a woman, typically, or holds it all in. And that's like, so you might say that men get along better. And I think I understand what you're saying, because you're saying getting along better in a more societal, congenial, yeah, just like you, each you other roll way. in, you roll into a bar, you roll into a place and guys are like, no, no guy rolls into a bar and goes, well, I'm not talking to that asshole or, hey, who the fuck is that person? They just walk in, they're like, I'm going to sit down. Someone's going to talk to me. I mean, the fact that like, okay, remember when bromance was a term we were using? The fact that a yep. male friendship had to have a new name, like, <laughs> in 2016, like, male friendship came out in 2016. Y'all are new at this. You know what I mean? Like, women, like, we're fr- not good at dudes things. don't do friendship bracelets, friendship trips, girls, there's movies called Girls Trip, right? Like, being a bridesmaid is so much a bigger deal than being there's, a, a could you imagine? Could you imagine the, the traveling sisterhood pants of men? Yeah. Guys would be like, I'm not in your goddamn pants? <laughs> what the fuck is going on here? Well, buy pants. That's just, I mean, sisterhood is just, it's just, it's just so much deeper. And I, I, uh, I pity men because they don't love each other the way women get to love each other. But I want things like that. And I think things will change. I think, I think men are, I think it's becoming more acceptable for men to be more emotional and sure. to love more and to love more openly. And I think we're getting there. Okay. And I think that is one of the very positive things about what's happening with the way society is changing in a good way. So I think we're getting there. But I, you know, I, I feel bad for a lot of cishet men who don't know how to love each other. I agree with that. I mean, I, I would say that I think men are on surface, just surface. <laughs> this dress is so stupid, I know this by the fucking way. dress is... It's so, it's so obviously put together bad on who purpose. Was, who was the gal from, from, um, from Europe that was the singer that wore the... The Swan or whatever, and she was she got she's crazy. She's a Bjork, 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 yeah. She's Bjork right there. That's a Bjork dress. It's and so look, I like the '76. I mean, she's two years younger than me. God bless her. It's bad on purpose because you could easily just take the hat and that stupid sleeve off. Oh yeah. But also, okay, this is one of the things nobody talks about. How blah is Doug? Like, like they never talk about. I know that's not nice, but like. They couldn't have chosen just a less attractive, interesting guy for this to be. You know what I mean? Like, what is love? He's Baby, so, don't hurt me. He's so blah. I mean, this is, he is. He's a little blah. The puppies. The goddamn puppies. 
Um, who's the uh, musical act that comes out for this? This is my heart. Favorite. Heart. Someday somebody's gonna <laughs> turn around and say goodbye. Yeah, no, that's that's not heart. Tillman. That's uh, that's Wilson Phillips. Oh, you're right. I'm the worst. Thank you. Cry. Isn't Wilson Phillips is. Um, Things will go your way. Who would you have? Who's your who's your? If you could redo your wedding, there's no expenses paid. What band are you flying in to Ooh. be to to uh, to do your thing? Well, if it doesn't matter and like money's no object, no money's no object. Beyonce, without question. What? I love Beyonce. I love her. Like, there's no one more talented. There's no one who puts on a better show. There's no. I'm, She's unparalleled See, no. right now. See, because guess what? That takes away from my wedding, and I'm an arrogant asshole. So I bring in oh, you're the right. best cover bands for my 10 favorite songs and my wife's 10 favorite songs. Okay. And then I just, it's a revolving stage. So there's one band performing, and in the back, there's another band setting up, and the stage just spins every five minutes. Mm-hmm. And it's just a different cover band covering my shitty music. And I have a horrible taste. My poor daughter. So one of my, I, I, I talked to a friend the other day, and we're getting to the closing here, and they're doing, you know, the Wilson Phillips thing. This part but, makes no sense. No one ever no, explains how they get Wilson Phillips. Well, no, because the rich friend, she flew him in. This is true. They're a rich friend, but then the two OG friends are, are dancing it up, and this is where it's, it's, a, it's a unique thing, right? Because <laughs> the OG friends, like the OG friends are enjoying the wealth of the new friend, if that yeah. makes sense. <laughs> Which creates a new discord. You could do a bridesmaid too about that, essentially. <laughs> but the, the whole idea, so my wife had a C-section. Daughter sleeps on my side of the bed. I'm not asking my wife to get up in the middle of the night and get out of bed or breastfeed or do anything. I'll just, I'll get up. That's why God invented cocaine. It's natural. <laughs> I don't do it. I, Red Bull, I'm kidding. No. Nope. I remember the characters' names. Uh, are kind of having their like, goodbye but like I respect you and we can maybe be friends thing and the funny thing about this is like this happens all the time with like like okay all right we're gonna try to get along but like if you want to do a bridesmaids too I know exactly what it would be if you kept the same group it would be when Lillian bridesmaid nah Lillian has a baby because the baby shower becomes a bridesmaid situation too it's like who's gonna pay more who's gonna organize more who's gonna do what it becomes exactly that do you um are you gonna have kids no no? Not my jam. Nope. Don't want them. Let me, let me just give you a one sales pitch for having a kid. My six-year-old, homesick from school. Mm-hmm. Dad, I'm not feeling well. I'm like, I get it. We're not going to go to school today. Later in the afternoon, she's thrown up a couple times in the toilet like a champ. We're uh, laying down together on the couch. Mm-hmm. Dad, I love you. I'm like, I love you too. Whoa! Throws up right on me. I'm like, okay, I scoop it over the shirt and I jump up. I'm like, God, motherfucking sh- God, you know, fuck. Dad, I'm like, you're, it's not your fault. Dad just doesn't like throw up on him. <laughs> and then she looks at our couch and she just spray paints it. Oh. And little people hold uh, volumes of throw up at such oh. an aggressive rate. So much throw up. And she blasts out all of this throw up. And I am, <laughs> here's the best part about parenting. And this is the best part about YouTube and the best part about technology. I'm waiting for it. I shower off, I shower her off, and I Google, how do you power wash a couch <laughs> full of throw up? Oh. And then my wife's traveling for business. I have to take said couch and olive cushions and take them outside. Oh, God. I take a sick kid 
I drive to Home Depot. Oh, goodness. I rent a power washer. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I power wash cushions, cushion coverings, the whole couch. Oh, God. And she's sitting in the patio, sipping on her, her Pedialyte going, you're doing a good job, Dad. Oh. You're doing a good job. Sorry, I threw up on the couch. Poor baby. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to look and you have to be like, this is the best part of life. Oh, by the way, part we missed on this. Okay, so oh, as oh. they're leaving, as um, like Maya Rudolph's character and Doug, like the, the husband and wife, they're leaving, you know, they're saying goodbyes. There's this part where she's crying, uh, where Melissa McCarthy is crying. By the way, Melissa McCarthy is her sister-in-law to be. Yes. And she's like, oh, she's like, I'm so happy for them. And Kristen goes, oh, it's so great that you love them so much. She goes, she goes I'm trying not to laugh. I've put a loaded gun in Dougie's carry-on. TSA <laughs> is going to tear his ass up. And she's just cracking up that she, like, oh, did Jesus. this great... Oh, I forget about the sex tape that comes sex up in the credits. <laughs> Can we both agree we don't do sex tapes? No, no, I would never. I, I, whatever, like, modicum of fame I think I'm going to have, I don't want to do a sex tape and ruin that. I mean, I don't want to because... Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm not, I don't do one because... Not because of fame, more, more on just... I just don't think that I'm, I'm built for sex tapes. Oh, my God. The way that they're, like, trying to make the sandwich sexy, it's oh. so gross. Oh, It's Jesus so gross. He's got mustard <laughs> on his nipple. Look at this. Don't make the areola bigger. All right? These are rules of life. Oh, God damn. I remember one time I tried to you, introduce... This must be a director's cut, because I don't remember seeing this much in the you theater. Know? No. Oh, no, you're missing out. I remember this. this. <laughs> he like, prosciutto off his nipple really hard. Oh, it's just... I remember one time I tried um, whipped cream. I was in college. I was like, let's... And this is college. This is 1992. I was before three you were years born. old. Yeah, I was before, three years old. three years old. <laughs> okay. So, almost before you were born. Let me tell you something. One, we didn't have that whole, there's no hair involved in life. We're all just sheen people. Yeah. Right? It's 1992. Everyone's got hair. Here's what they don't tell you about in the movies and about whipped cream. It's sticky. And it doesn't, like, even though you lick it off, you don't get it all off. It's sticky. Ugh. It leaves that residue. My girlfriend and I at the time, like, were close together and had to waddle up and, like, get in my shower to rinse off because our hairs were stuck together oh! from the whipped cream. <laughs> I didn't even know that could happen. That's so no one, No one tells you it could happen. It's like every time there's a shower sex scene, no one tells you you could fucking drown. Yeah. They're like, oh, shower, the water's coming down. Oh, no, they're terrible No, ideas. no, no, no. Water washes away everything. Movies the, make shower sex look so much better than it actually is. Sh it's shower nice. sex and hot tub sex. Two oh, things you can't have. I would never in a hot tub because there's all the germs. And yeah, because Steiner Ranch. That's they're gross. Filthy animals over there. That's with gross. With their swingers, with their flags being put up. Hey, today we're taking new couples. I keep seeing people like running for their lives out this window to like. There's, get... It's a crazy thing out here. So um, before we close out here, real quick, tell everyone once again where they can find you, where they can get you. What there's like, well, this is this is quite a journey. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> you. Like, I mean, Jasmine's like, I'm not probably coming back again, but it was quite a journey. <laughs> well, you can find me online at jasmineelliscomedy.com. That's my website. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter at jasmine c ellis on Instagram at jasmine ellis comedy, and you can also find me on Facebook, jasmine ellis comedy, or 
And also, follow uh, Bin Living Color on Facebook to see when we have shows. That's a show that I host every, well, once a month. It, it rotates, but it's at Fallout Theater, and I'd love to see you guys there. And also, I have a comedy album, Trash Baby, dropping uh, late November. So look out for result, like uh, information on that. It should be coming out soon. Send me, send me that info so I can share that, please. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love, I'd love to share it. Uh, folks, once again, as I said earlier, take three things away from this film. Bridesmaids. Take these three things away. One, laugh your fucking ass off. It's a hilarious movie. Enjoy it. Two, friendships. Arguments, fights, don't end friendships. You end friendships. True. So think about that. And then three, I don't give a fuck. What Jasmine says, you try those drugs. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> There's like no references to drugs in this movie at all. No, that, that was like a deliberate I'm choice kidding. of yours. That's <laughs> a deliberate choice of mine. I'm kidding. Uh, no, uh, and then third, thanks to Dive Bar. Thanks to everyone. Jasmine, thanks for making the trip thanks. from uh, from Dallas, driving all the way down here no. in the traffic and, and leaving your husband for two hours of nonsense. I live in Austin. And, and, watching, and watching me drink I like a crazy I live in person. North Austin. I did not drive from so Dallas. First of all, you do not live in Austin. Okay, no, but... And you, I, live in, you live in Jason Dick's homedom. Okay, I live in like... Round Rock. To be honest, I live like in the, like Wells Branch like the part of Austin that's almost Round Rock but I say Round Rock so like, oh. that people are more forgiving when I'm late so, like I'm like I can all I, I would be forgiving if you were late from those apartments that we can see from the, the skyline right <laughs> over here I don't, I'm, I'm always forgiving listen the, the traffic's crazy it's Austin I you know Matt's kind everyone here at Dive Bar is super kind when we start late and everything else but mo- most importantly I mean listen this is I know it's a work day and, uh, and you've got stuff to do so most importantly, and everyone, please go follow her. Go see the shows. Um, get on her website. Find out where she's touring. And because we have listeners all over, oddly enough. So that said, um, thank you all very much. And now comes your favorite time, my favorite time. <laughs> okay. This is the best time of the podcast. You've heard me talk. You've heard Jasmine talk. You've heard people sneeze in the background. God damn it. Buy some allergies! I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm, I'm just I'm kidding. I don't care. <laughs> I really don't care. I love sneezing. Um, but um, seriously, this is your favorite time and my favorite time. Let's now embrace when my kid sang about the first time she took a shit. Enjoy, party people. Thank you.